Pyro Podcast, episode one of the 2015 regular season. So dope. Uh, this is show 193, and as you know, in season, we like to get into the matchups. We're not going to mess with anything else for the next 17 weeks, probably when we get into the playoffs, we'll still talk about the matchups, but we won't have enough time, so we'll have to fill it with some other fantasy goo of some sort. But it is just so awesome. Game has, game started. The season has kicked off on Thursday. It was an exciting game, and we're not going to talk about that unless we have enough time at the end. You don't want to hear about games that have already been played. You want to get the fantasy football knowledge from us for the upcoming games. And us, this week, Houdini Camp didn't make it. We have got Stag Party across the way from me. Got Dogmatica to my right. I'm D-Rex. We are Pyromaniac.com. And uh, fellas, let's talk some football. Um, anything anything extracurricular you want to mention? Uh, or should we just get down and dirty? Uh, one of the biggest college football games of the year is tonight. Uh, I got to throw something in there uh, on another sport there. Uh, Oregon playing at Michigan State. My boys taking on a, a real tough team. This is going to be a real wild one, I feel. Uh, could end up being one of the games of the year. So, 7 o'clock Central Time. Check it out. Uh, I will be piss-ass drunk watching that freaking thing. <laughs> nice. I will say one thing, everyone. We've done a hundred. This is our hundred ninety-third show, so we've done one hundred ninety-two of these things. We're excited, and I would say that this is the second time Dogmatic hasn't been wearing a hat while recording. Uh, <laughs> Alfred likes to get a haircut every once in a while, and when he does that, I think there's like a two or three day window of him not wearing a, not wearing his Blackhawks hat. That literally, if you put the thing on the ground, it can walk by itself. <laughs> Nice hair, dude. You got people tell you you got a face for radio, but it's not true. Oh, thanks. Not man. true. You're a handsome gentleman. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that'll be exciting. I'm sure Dogmatica, as we've talked before, whenever he's watching teams that he loves or is really stressed out about a game, there's few other people out there that are more entertaining to watch, and uh, uh, and any TV and mirror around uh, is is subject to a punch. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully, uh, MSU gets a good run tonight. Um, well, what we do on a week-to-week basis, for those of you that are new with us, or if you forgot from because it's been so long uh, this offseason, we go through on NFL.com, and we go down from the games in uh, NFL.com, go there, and then you go uh, schedule, and then you go regular season, and then obviously it's week one this week. So we're going to go to the top there, and it is the Packers-Bears. Good time. Soldier Field is going to be uh, hosting a team that seems to be on a lot of people's list to at least make the Super Bowl, even with the Nelson out. But, fellas, let's talk. Obviously, our team's dog crap, but let's talk about fantasy. Well, the thing I like about this week in general, it's week one. It seems like it's balanced. Uh, there's a, some great games, and there's some crappy ones like there always is. But then the part I like the most is there's seven 1 o'clock games and five, you know, four... 425 games, so you're getting that good balance on the red zone all day long. You don't have the one or two games in the afternoon, that, and usually one of them's dog shit then. So it's nice and balanced, and then you got that you know highlight game on you know Sunday night, and then there's another barn burner on Monday, and then wrapping it up with what should be a little slugfest at the 49ers and uh, the Vikings there. So I just like the balance of this week. It's you know real nice. Should make for some good football watching. I don't want to talk to 
any of y'all mothers tomorrow. <laughs> like, I'm watching football all day. Do not try and contact me unless you're bringing me a pizza. I gotta tell you, I mean, <laughs> good call. Uh, Monday night is some serious, serious action. There are some players there that are going to determine fantasy football weeks for. I would venture to say thirty to forty percent of uh, of teams are going to be watching those games and saying, "Man, my week's going to depend on this guy." Uh, it's this is a great first week. They did a great job here. All the lines are. Uh, within like six and a half, seven points. There's no line that I, th- I think the biggest line actually was that Patriots Steelers game. Strangely, the Patriots were favored, I think, by seven. Uh, yeah, it jumped up after Tom Brady's suspension was uh, reduced Obviously. or expunged. Yeah, however, and, you want. And, however, you want to think about it, Pats fans. As usual, <laughs> the uh, Vegas uh, know it alls were exactly right. It was a seven point Vic. Uh, maybe we'll get to that game uh, when everything else is done if we have a little time. But. Uh, then I think the next biggest line is this Packers-Bears game that we're about to talk about. And strangely, I would say that most people would, if it was a 10.5 to, to 11 point line for the Packers, I think that most people would still bet on the Packers. I would. Uh, but it, the, the line has fluctuated between like 5.5 and 6.5, six, and six, somewhere in that range for the Packers. Um, wow, a lot of action. A lot of action on that one. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I'd buy the shit out of that. <laughs> yeah, but dude, Vegas, they know what they're doing. All right, every they, I, it's unreal how close they are. Just, it's like literally ten out of ten out of every fifteen games, they're like within a half a point, which is just as unreal. So, I don't know. I'm, I might stay away from that one, to be honest. Speaking of Vegas, I don't know the details of it. I just saw the headline. I'm not a big gambler, uh, but I heard that that last two seconds left Antonio Brown uh, touchdown catch swayed like a hundred million in Vegas. Oh yeah. So it get, could sway my week too, actually. Sorry, oh, D-Rex. dude. God, I was looking. I was like, yeah, he's having a good game, but not that many points. I was watching. I'm like, you gotta be effing kidding me. <laughs> I played against in our in my in my big money league. I played against Gronk and Antonio Brown. Oh. Stamish uh, has him. Wani week one had both of them. Oh, and no again, way. same thing. Brown was like, he was having a good game, and I was like, all right, but this isn't too much damage. Boom. I mean, I think he's got. 49 points or something uh, with his first two. He actually went up to 61 because he had another player in the mix. Uh, and then, then he adds insult to injury and cancels our first kickball game today. Thanks, buddy. That's that friggin' sucks. Actually, it's the rain, but whatever. <laughs> oh. Let's get into football. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this game should be a start pretty much every Packer you own. Because if the Bears are anything like they were last season and I haven't seen anything that says they're not, their defense is going to be awful. Uh, hopefully they can get to some level of respectability where they're not letting up two 50-point games in a row. One of those being to the Packers last season in what seemed like mm, three-quarters tops. Yeah. Uh, it was a shellacking. And, you know, they're going to be without Jordy Nelson for the season, so Devontae Adams is going to be one of those high-priced, uh, high-demand guys in Week 1. And in DFS, he's cheap. Uh, so he's going to be a guy in a lot of people's lineups. And also he's going to be you know, a wide receiver too in most people's lineup. You draft him as like a wide receiver three or four early, and now he's paying dividends already. A surplus value you got if you drafted early and picked up a Devontae Adams. You, you stole the house there. You know, here's the deal with uh, that wide receiver court at this point, just specifically for this week because I think uh, it'll change as, as week comes a little bit. But Cobb is coming off that injury that he sustained in, in the preseason with that shoulder joint. Um, I, I know he's not at 100%, but he normally just 
rules the Bears. I mean, in the, his past, in the last three games, actually, I think he's only played three games, um, against the Bears in Chicago, I think he's averaging um, over 16 fantasy points a game, uh, which is kind of insane. I mean, you're talking at least 100 yards and a touchdown, basically, for <laughs> every single week that that guy plays. Now, the fact is, I mean, he is a tiny bit injured, um, but the Bears have never been good with receiver, uh, guarding receivers like that um, over the middle, and especially lately with that defense, my goodness. But I think that Cobb is going to be, I don't, know, I don't want to say hindered, but I think he's not going to be playing as much as he normally would. I think the signing of James Jones gives him a little comfort, the offense a little comfortability, can get Cobb out of there a little bit so they don't, I mean, they don't want to ruin their season by ha having a guy come back from a shoulder injury too soon and have their two best receivers out for the year. So I think James Jones will mix in a little bit. Once they're up by 40 points, he'll get yeah. Ty Montgomery and, and Janice and whatever. Uh, but Devontae Adams is an extremely good play because I think that he'll get a, a lot of looks and so they don't um, you know, bang up Cobb more than necessary. Well, let's think, obviously anybody's starting Rodgers, but Rodgers last year, what, 10 touchdowns? In the two games against the Bears, uh, pretty pretty ridiculous. Uh, zero interceptions and threw for 617 yards. Yeah, I mean uh, that's a, that, that looks like a lot of fantasy football points there. So you're obviously rocking him in your lineup. Uh, Lacey, what do you think is going to happen with him this week? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, he's um, a lot of people are going to have him as the number one running back on their fantasy rankings uh, right now. Um, I I'm skeptical. I'll, t I'll tell you that I'm a little bit skeptical of it. The Bears tend to play Lacey all right. Uh, he, he's one game will have a, a, a bunch of points against Bears, and next one he'll go 17 for 55, and you know he'll make a few catches and, and make up some uh, some points there. But to put him as number one, I mean, it's the safe call. But I actually knocked him down a couple of slots uh, just just recently here. It takes a little studying, a little looking to see what's really going to happen there. But if the Packers go up. Quickly as I believe they will, I don't think that they want to overuse these guys. I think they, whenever possible, because Jordy Nelson is out for the season, they're going to rest these guys a little bit. I don't think they want to get these guys banged up early on. They want to have them, you know, ready to go on a stretch run and go to the Super Bowl, like we were talking about earlier. Um, I could see Starks mixing in quite a bit, to, uh, to be honest. Um, so I mean, Lacey's going to have a great game. Don't get me wrong, uh, but he, I wouldn't expect a. You know, the best game of the week. It, I think it's going to be, I don't know, it'll be top five, but it, it's not going to be the best game of the week. On the other side of the ball, I mean, let's talk uh, Let's talk the Bears. Well, Alshon Jeffries, you know, been coming off that calf injury. It, you know, he played lightly in practice on Friday. Uh, it was rainy up here in Chicago, so he didn't really do much. He was limited. Everything about it was, you know, just play it safe. We want you to be there on Sunday. It looks like he's going to play. He got, what, the questionable tag, though. So it's a little bit concerning as to his availability, and that's the one kind of injury that is tough to say. It, he could be full bore. He's been off for like a month. A full month he sat out, and then... But the thing is, that's one of those injuries where if you push off too hard, you could be done for the day. Yep. I love that Dan Hampton uh, said, Alshon Jeffrey, something we've been singing and praising here on the show for two years. Guy's heart. Dan Hampton goes, uh, Alshon Jeffrey's got the resiliency of t uh, tissue paper. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good resounding no. sign from a Hall of Famer on your hometown team. Not so uh, He's basically got to give it a go. But this is bad news. Your whole thing, injury predictors, uh, if, you get, if you're injured at the beginning of the season, 
I didn't. Th- I didn't think he was going to do much this season, anyways. Other than the fact that, that guy wants to go get his money, so he's going to be playing as often as he can just to show he's got the heart. Uh, we'll see. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey not looking good, but what does that do for Royal? Well, I, well, first of all, I want to get into something else with the with the Bears. Uh, this year, it's going to be Patriots 2.0 with with John Fox and Gates there and stuff. It's going to be everybody who has the slightest hangnail is questionable for the week. So when you see Jeffrey and Royal and you know everybody else, uh, when you see them as questionable, take it with a grain of salt. Um, we'll give you the real updates on what's going on here. If some guys fine, we'll know it. And people, it's not, it's not like they're tricking anybody with this stuff. Uh, some guys, I guess, actually this Jeffrey thing with the, with the questionable, I guess, is a little bit tricky. But Royal was uh, listed as questionable as well. Um, I think he's just fine. He'll get out there. He'll get a bunch of targets. Um, it's strange. In the last two years, there's been 11 wide receivers that have a combined 15 touchdowns or more. It's like all the all the best ones that you can think of. You know, it's like you know, Julio, Calvin, you know, Antonio Brown, whatever that whole list. Demarius Thomas, and then Eddie Royal. Wow. I mean, it's like the top 10 guys and Eddie Royal. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he did it again this year. Seven or eight touchdowns. Thousand yards, sneaky like late round fantasy pick uh, that guys were getting on their teams in our big league. Uh, you know, I think Shut got him in the fifteenth round. That's pretty impressive. You know, when you got a ten man league getting Royal in the fifteenth, it's not a sexy pick. It's not a sexy name, but he. I mean, Cutler loves him. Uh, it's in an offense that's familiar to him, and uh, this game specifically, especially with Jeffrey having tr- you know trouble with that hammy and being out for quite some time. Royal's going to get some good play. He's going to get uh, he's going to get some targets here. It's, I don't know exactly what to expect out of him. It's the first game with him uh, truly healthy and and everybody like really working together. But uh, it's not it's a sneaky play. It's not a bad wide receiver three play in my opinion. Well, we know that Bennett is a um, he's an early season guy. So last year I think he had you know he had a lot of touchdowns or whatnot, but it was, most of them were in like September. Um, so he he's a good play here as well. A lot of uh, a lot of red zone targets he's he's got. Um, I think he led all tight ends last year. It was like 22 uh, uh, red zone targets, which is awesome. And then obviously it's a lot different now with Tressman gone, but um, he uh, he led all tight ends and receptions as well. What do you guys see as a drop off for him this year um, from that amazing tight end season for a tight end that he had last year? Is he still a good fantasy play week to week? Is he still top five, or is this guy going to just have half the stats he did last year? Well, uh, here's the thing: it's a it's a different offense, and that changes everything for the for the Bears. Uh, but it changes it more for the wide receivers than it does um, for the tight end position because Gase is there, and Gase runs a very uh, tight end friendly type of, of of offense. So I still think that Bennett's going to have a, a, a fine season. Um, I, it's not going to be like it was last year, but in this first particular game with Royal having been banged up a little bit and Jeffrey having been banged up, he's going to get peppered. And um, it wouldn't shock me if he led the team in, in targets this week. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if he put up a touchdown. I think he's a great play this week specifically, um, even though the Packers are usually pretty good against against tight ends and, if, and they've done well against Bennett in, you know, in, in years past. But I, I see him getting peppered in this game, and it's it's going to be nice. Let's let's throw out a quick uh, Forte and, and Cutler and then move on. Yeah, um, Forte uh, again a, a mixed bag against the Packers in years past. Uh, last couple of years in the Tressman system has been really nice for him against the Packers. However, in the years before that, in a more conservative system, 
um, hasn't done as well in terms of fantasy points. So you have to kind of go back a couple of years to understand exactly where he is and what's going to happen here in this game for him. Um, I would temper expectations uh, a little bit. I, I think normally people, it, it's tough because when you switch your offense from one year to the next, the fantasy mind has a tough time wrapping itself around it. Um, that the huge difference between a Tressman system and a gay system is, it, it, I mean, it, it can mean huge fantasy points for different positions and huge fantasy points lost at different positions. Um, I, I don't see Forte having nearly the year that he had last year. Plus, he's about to be 30 years old. He'll turn 30 uh, uh, sometime in the next couple months, months I think. Um, and I, you know what? This is kind of a, it's kind of a transition year for, for the Bears. So I... You know, they have Jeremy Lang. They drafted Jeremy Langford in the, in the fourth round. If they like that, they went and scooped up uh, Jockis Rogers. Not that I think that that's the end-all, be-all, but he's a good, he's a decent third-down back. Um, so he could cipher uh, some third-down work away from Forte. Forte last year, I think, had the highest percentage of snaps or highest percentage of uh, plays out of the running back position in the entire league. Something like nine, he was on, on the field for 92% of the time. And this year, it'll probably be more, you know, 80%, you know, 82, 83%. That takes away a lot of touches. Um, so that's it's going to hurt him a little bit. And like I said, this, especially if the Packers go up early, which Rodgers has a tendency to do against the Bears. Matter of fact, I can't remember the last time the Packers didn't score a touchdown on their first possession against the Bears. <laughs> it's, it's Literally, it's 10-yard it's pass, 12-yard pass, 22-yard pass, 14-yard pass, touchdown every time. Every single time. Take a look back. It's it's really kind of crazy. Um, so when the, you know after they go down a little bit, I, I mean you know the Bears want to try and control the clock a little bit, but eventually they're going to have to play catch up. And Forte just isn't going to get the amount of touches that he might have in the past. Anything to say on Cutler? He's probably not playing for many people unless they're in two quarterback leagues. Uh, he struggles against the Packers. I think his career touchdown to interception ratio is negative and. You know, into interceptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, He throws for like 250 yards a game because he has to. And when he does put up fantasy points, they're all garbage time, and it's just not fun to watch for anybody. With that, with the hampered Alshon Jeffrey potentially, Eddie Royal, you know, coming off of minor injuries himself, uh, Marcus Wilson, Marquise Wilson never really establishing himself as a real bona fide, you know, threat in this league yet. And also injured, and I don't think there's a healthy receiver on this team outside of Martellus Bennett. And Mart- Marty's been talking crap about Jay a little bit. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a good way to get the guy. It's a good point. Um, well, let's go on and move on to the next game. And basically, we're going to talk about here. Uh, so reloading him. That's the Kansas City uh, Chiefs are at the uh, Houston Texans, right? Yep. yep. Well, the. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's a fucking snore fest, basically. I, I mean, there's a couple of players that you, you'll want to get in there. Uh, obviously, J- Jamal Charles is going to play no matter who he's playing against. Um, it won't be the greatest game for him. Houston, uh, Houston's defense uh, is a good one, and they're getting players back at full strength now, too. So uh, it's going to be a little bit of a tougher game for him, but you still, you'll still want to play him. Uh, Jeremy Macklin, new to the team. It'll be interesting to see what they do with this uh, with this offense. They get, the weapons that they have are high, you know, of higher class than they've had in years past. It's still Alex Smith under center, though, so I, I, you got to temper expectations a little bit for Macklin this year, obviously. But he'll get peppered. Um, he'll, he'll, he'll have a good game in this one. They're going to need to throw to him and, and, and gain some yards because, uh, actually, I don't know, maybe they won't because the Texans' offense is, is 
leaves a lot to be desired. Outside of Andre Hopkins um, in this one, Alfred Blue uh, with Ontario Poe likely to play uh, along the line for the Chiefs. I don't see Alfred Blue doing a whole hell of a lot. Uh, Hopkins will probably be doubled. Uh, I mean, they got some good receivers next to him uh, now in, in shorts and Washington. And possibly uh, throwing around that good word pretty liberally there, Don. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, they're decent. It's better than Keyshawn Martin, uh, even though he's my Michigan State boy. It's a little better than having that on the outside. Hi. Or, or uh, uh, Posey or whatever. <laughs> Devier, <laughs> yeah, Devier, Posey, or whatever. It's better than that. Couldn't um, you see? Couldn't you see this team knowing um, that everyone does think, even the players in the league and the te- coaches and teams in the league think, "Wow, this is a one-dimensional team. They're going to be going. They're going to be doing the Nile Davis and Charles thing all season. They're a running foot first team. Do you think they're going to kind of go out of their way?" To try and be, establish the pass in this game, just for future games, almost within that, obviously they want to win this game. But to just say, hey, we're not this one-dimensional non-passing unit anymore. We brought in this talent. We got the Kelsey. We've got the Macklin. I could kind of just see Reed just kind of going out of his way to pass more than usual, just to keep the rest of the season and expectations a, a little people guessing a little more. If I were them, I'd run. Pretty much a straight up zone read spread, <laughs> and you could do some damage with the Macklin, with the Kelsey, uh, you know, with Jamal Charles getting around the outside. Alex Smith has some running ability, and you just run lots of screens, quick passing. You run the Chip Kelly system almost, yeah. and you could do some real, real damage with that sort of offense. The, and you know, Andy Reid's the sort of pass happy coach in his career. He's yeah. not always been a you know run first guy, but he does like to get the running back the ball a lot. But usually he, that's as a space player. You know the Brian Westbrook days, trying to get him open in space and on tosses. So I think there's a lot of different things they can do, and you know just the variations in their offense could expand this season. And I, and I hope they do. But the thing I know is. The Kansas City Chiefs are bound to score more than 9.8 fantasy points a game. And that means, like, you know, since they didn't score any touchdowns, that means they averaged 98 yards a game to their uh, wide receivers last season. Yeah, which is just, I mean, I've never seen anything like it. (laughs) Even in the era where it was just pure running and there's not a lot of passing, there was still more passing uh, yardage happening for the wide receivers on any team than uh, what happened with KC last year. The only problem I have with um, this game for someone like a Kelsey, I mean, I I still think that he's going to get a lot of work in there, um, but Houston is really good against tight ends. Um, I think they gave up the uh, third fewest receptions to the, to them last year, like the third or fourth fewest yards. Only gave up a you know a handful, not even a handful, like four four touchdowns to tight ends last year. They're really good against the tight end, but Kelsey's kind of a different animal um, at this point. He is. A stud in the making. He is. He could do anything and everything that Gronk does. It's just a matter of uh, finding a Tom Brady to throw it to him. And Alex Smith is no Tom Brady. But oh, you don't say. (laughs) (laughs) uh, But I I mean, that being said, yeah, I agree with you, D-Rex. I think that they are going to mix it up a little bit in this game, Um, if not just to set up the rest of the season. I think that they. might have to at some point. I think Houston is going to try and hold on to that ball quite a bit. But Casey's defense is good. Um, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I don't see this this one getting out of control in any you know in any shape or form. So uh, I don't know. I don't see a ton of fancy points coming out of it. But all right. Do we even need to talk? I think. What are your expectations? Yeah, on the other side of the ball, really, it's DeAndre Hopkins is really the only guy that and anybody's really. Alfred Blue is somebody everybody wants to sort of know about. 
Okay. Uh, yeah. What do you got? What do you got? He doesn't think blue is going to do crap. I saw the rankings super low. Um, what are your expectations, your boy Hopkins? I'm 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 trusting you here, Stags. I got him on a lot of a lot of my teams. Well, their best corner suspended for the first game. So. Can I get yeah. a hallelujah? <laughs> sure. What else? They have no other corner. Are they going to throw a rookie Marcus Peters at him? I'm I'm not really worried about that. They could double him, but that just takes more guys out of the box for blue. I think. With this team establishing that run first sort of identity, only if it's for, you know, 25 carries for 100 yards, you know, that four yard per carry average, he probably won't get over. Uh, you know, Alpha Blue will just get the volume of work. Could they give more to Chris Polk? Could they give more to Jonathan Grimes, you know, this season than they have in season past? That's the major question. I'm not a fan of Alpha Blue, so he's not a guy I would, like, be dying to start. It's like the same. You know, D'Angelo Williams sort of case. Like, But he looked pretty good. I mean, he looked like a different player. Yeah. But I needed to see that out of him yeah. before but, I trusted well, him. I, I, D'Angelo Williams looked really good for a quarter and a half, but then he slowed down. The reason why he did so well is because New England, strangely, um, with all the tapes I'm sure that they have at their disposal, uh, had, a, had the wrong game plan. Uh, they, they had the complete wrong game plan against Pittsburgh. Uh, they, I don't think they were expecting uh, D'Angelo to get the rocks so much. Uh, but he did, and he, he did well with it. He looked good for a quarter and a half, two quarters. But I don't know if you guys noticed it. Um, after halftime, uh, towards the end of the second quarter, he slowed down. I mean, he looked fast, and he looked decisive, and was doing really well for a quarter and a half. But he slowed down. I, couldn't, I can't even imagine what Levy I would have done. Uh, uh, that's the, whole, the whole time I watched this, I'm like, Yes. 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 <laughs> this tool can be doing this. Imagine what the best can do. Yeah. Uh, I was literally licking my chops like they had barbecue sauce from some rib joint. On. Well, um, we'll get it real quick before you get before you get into something else there. Um, going back to Alfred Blue and the situation here, Kansas City had, gave up the fewest touchdowns to running backs last year and the fewest receptions to running backs last year. However, they gave up a lot of yardage. Um, but it, the only way you were going to score a lot of fantasy points was if, if you were a really good stud running back, which Alfred Blue is not. Yeah. Um, he'll get the volume, which will maybe get him up there in yards, but you needed to be somebody like a Lamar Miller. You needed to be C.J. Anderson late in the year. You need to be one of those type of guys to really put up the big fantasy points against them, and I just don't see Alfred Blue doing that. Um, Hopkins will be uh, double. We'll have a high-low uh, double on him, but he'll get peppered so much that he'll put up the fantasy points as well. Um, Don't you think um, the one thing that everyone's always been, you know, the naysayer for Hopkins? Obviously, there's, you know, with, with Foster out, it's it's a tougher situation. But is the quarterback situation over there? But remember Hoyer. Remember two years ago how much he liked to lock in on Mister uh, Josh, Josh Gordon, Gordon and get that guy in one of the seasons of of all time. What I was seeing in the preseason. Um, was just a, an elite athlete in DeAndre Hopkins, an ex-first rounder. But the fact that it's just like they are going to be—he is going to get so many. You guys like saying Pepper? I'm—he's going to get salted. He's going to get salted <laughs> nice. with balls, uh, and it's just going to be ridiculous. And some of those catches—he had that beautiful touchdown, I think, week two of the preseason. If you get the ball up to him, I feel good that he's going to come down with that thing. So Hoyer, just do. Your Josh Gordon part two action with your new target, DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's going to be a special season for the guy. Yeah, I saw an interview with uh, Brian Hoyer the other day. 
um, I can't remember what I saw it on uh, ESPN or some other channel. Uh, he was uh, just talking up Hawkins. Uh, Hawkins like crazy. He loves the kid. He's gonna pep. He's gonna salt him. Salt him uh, all, all year long. That's that's gonna be a good one for Hopkins, uh, even with the double coverage. All right, next game: Browns are at the Jets. Now we're talking snooze. <laughs> this is the. The real question game. is: now that there's like no healthy running backs in Cleveland. You know, Sean Drown and Isaiah Crowell and Duke Johnson finally got cleared with this concussion protocol. And they're saying, you know, if he's in there, we're going to give him the ball. We're going to give him some chances. You know, the running back situation is the biggest sort of question mark in that whole team because they've got a great offensive line that, with Alex Mack back, can open up holes. So, what are your expectations for Crowell, dog? Um, I don't like them. I, I, I don't like what's going to happen there. The Jets are going to bunch that line. Um, they have uh, two of the best corners, uh, the, the, probably the best cornerback situation in the, in the league with uh, Darrell and Cromartie out there. Oh, oh, welcome back. Just take a season off, yeah. and then come back, we'll pay you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we'll go win one somewhere else. We know. We're not winning it this year. Come back and help us, though. Think about it. The Jets, with that chain, getting bulls there. Great draft situation. They got the best defensive player in the draft this year. And the fact that they were already against the run last year, fifth. Yeah. They were fifth last year. They let, they let up under 100 yards last year. And imagine what they're going to be able to do now. Oh, that defense is, is going to be sick. It, I, I drafted him in our big in our big money league. Um, I have him in all my DFS uh, you know, leagues, uh, especially this first game. I mean, that's kind of a no brainer. Um, but what they're going to do in this game is they're gonna, I mean, they'll they'll put their corners on on a, you know, whatever bullshit wide receivers they you know, the Browns trot out there. Uh, it's not it's not going to be too tough to cover them one on one. And they're going to bunch the line. And I did, as good as that offensive line is for Cleveland, they're not going to be able to handle eight guys, possibly even nine, in the box at times. Um, so I don't see a good game out of Kroll. Uh, Duke Johnson may get in the mix a little bit just to get him some uh, some experience, um, get you know get him off and running, get get him some passes on the outside, and see if he can do some work there. Uh, Sean Drawn. I mean, they just pulled him up from the practice squad today. It's simply because they've had him on their team before. They. He's always been a practice squad type guy. There's no nothing scary there. But I, I don't see Kroll doing much of anything. Um, the only, we don't need to talk any Browns. Yeah, let's go. Up, the let's only go thing you have looking up is you don't have what Sheldon Richardson in the lineup due to that suspension. Yeah, uh, and he was one of the best run stopping defensive linemen in the league last year. But Leonard Williams probably should take in and step, you know, step up, take all his reps. So I'm not really worried about you know him missing any time. Yeah, Crawl's the only Browns player you should think of starting, and I don't love trying to start him this week. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, if you ask me, it, I, I think the Jets shut him out. But going over to the Jets, um, you have uh, Brandon Marshall ranked uh, pretty low. I think he's in like I think he's like forty two for you or something. This oh week. yeah, uh, I mean Joe Hayden. Yeah, that's simply <laughs> what it is. Uh, it's it, it, that's what people have to understand is that there are lockdown corners in this league. Uh, we'll get into another one in the next game that we'll talk about. But when it comes to Joe Hayden, he can lock down a receiver, and especially if that receiver has no speed. And Brandon Marshall has no speed anymore. He's still got strength, but Hayden can handle that. Um, it's that's I mean, Hayden's game. Yeah, like he can handle slow receivers who try to body him up. He's a thick, you know, strong guy who can flat out take out one of the best receivers in an offense out. So 
He knows yeah. where to sit down. Is what he knows. He, he's great in zone. He's you know good in man, and he just shadows these guys. Always shadowing the best receiver, which you know, as a Brandon Marshall owner, you gotta be worried. You gotta you know go go another option. Yeah, I mean, he may catch you know five six balls, but it wouldn't shock me if it was for you know, 50, Four, 50 yards, forty two yards, yeah, forty five yards. Um, that's pretty much all, all I see out of him. So yeah, Marshall's down there in my rankings. Um, the guy who's who's going to benefit from all this is Chris Ivory, and I've been talking him up during the the, the preseason. He's looked great. Um, he pretty much has the backfield to himself. I mean, Bilal Powell, will, he'll get some work in there. He, he definitely will. Zach Stacy actually looked decent during the preseason, but he's not he's nothing scary enough to take away work from uh, Ivory. Ivory's gonna Ivory's gonna get uh, a ton of touches in this game, and when you have you know twenty plus touches out of a out of the running back position. That immediately puts you in the top 15, 20 fantasy uh, running backs in the league for the for the week. Um, I have them even higher because the Browns had a little trouble stopping that run last year. Ivory's going to have a good game, plain, plain and simple, and that's who's going to benefit from all this. Do you, th- you see a multi-touchdown game out of Ivory this week? It's a possibility. I have them in DFS leagues, and that's a worthwhile uh, grab for your team. And the thing is, you know, you're questioning. Uh, the Browns were good against the run for a while. And then Phil Taylor went out with that injury, mm-hmm. and then they ended up cutting him. So they added his replacement in the draft in Danny Shelton, yep. the mammoth from uh, Washington, who's a run stuffer up the middle. The question is, can he step in early and provide that kind of holody not a you know run stopping ability that's needed in that kind of defense? Uh, without it, you know they're going to be in big trouble this season. I think they averaged like a hundred yards uh, in a touchdown a game last season, if not more. Uh, towards the end of last season against running backs. So the question is, can Danny Shelton step in and be a monster? And it's a rookie. I, I bet against him at least for early in the season. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. It's early in the season. Rookies, you got to get them wet. And then we'll see if they you gotta can get swim. Them. <laughs> you got to get everything wet yeah. early in the sounds season. Like, sounds like the first week in the, in college. <laughs> what are you uh, thinking about quickly on Fitzpatrick and... Um, uh, Decker, and then let's move on. Uh, nothing, no. I mean, neither one will do well. Like I said, this is this is might be the quickest game of the week. Um, it'll come in at two hours and thirty, you know, seven minutes. It's going to be run, run, run. Uh, the defenses are just going to dominate this game. I can't see Fitzpatrick doing a whole hell of a lot. If he gets a touchdown, great. Um, he, he might he might get one there. It might go to Jeff Cumberland. You know, with uh, Jason Morrow out for the season. This could be an Eric Decker type game, though. That second corner, yeah. that second corner on Cleveland is like nothing. Who, whoever they try to throw out there, you know, isn't very great. Uh, and they probably will have to throw a little bit. Uh, I don't expect more than twenty-five to thirty pass attempts out of Fitz Magic this weekend. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's, he, twenty-five, it, yeah, it's, thirty, it, even thirty. It, it's a, Cheap dart throw, you know. If you're looking for a guy, you know, towards the end of your bench, and you need a starter, I would start probably Brandon Marshall. I would start Eric Decker over Brandon Marshall. Yeah, I, it's a, it's risky, but I, I wouldn't start any of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm with <laughs> I'd see that. Let's move on to the next game. The Colts are up there in Buffalo, New York. What's the? Uh, this is a great game because he's got a juggernaut of a defense going against a, a powerful, powerful and uh, high prediction offense. What's going to happen here? Does, does defense win or do points win? This is a strength versus strength game for yeah. all intents and purposes. Uh, 
You ask what? who's going to win, defense or offense, uh, both. <laughs> Honestly. What about for? We don't care if it were fantasy players. I don't care who wins the game. Yeah. I just want to know what my boys are going to do. Uh, what are your boys going to do? Stag party? That's the major question. The okay. offensive line of Indianapolis is not as good as the sack numbers they gave up last season. And this is a team that led the league in sacks last year. Uh, they could get after the quarterback. Uh, the question is, does Rex Ryan somehow fuck up the magic that happened in Buffalo last season? As he's been, you know, sometimes a little bit of overrated defensive coordinator. Yeah. Uh, defensive coach, defensive head coach, whatever you want to call him. Um, so, but this off- or this defensive line is full of mammoths. You know, they've got guys on pitch counts, on play counts, and Frank Gore, which mm-hmm. is something that scares me a little bit. Uh, you know, the Buffalo defense destroyed Peyton Manning towards the end of the season, albeit he was hobbled. Also, you know, held down Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers late last season and just seemed to have it all together. And there's these corners are now, you know, coming into their own. Leotis McKelvin has started to be a lockdown corner, uh, moving around with the, uh, you know, offense's best receiver. So he'll probably be shadowing a T.Y. Hilton all day. He's the kind of guy that has... You know, similar speed to a T.Y. Hilton and be able to keep it up to him. So there's a lot, a lot of question marks that, you know, are bringing guys down on the rankings. And this is one of those type of games that, you know, you're going to start the guys, but you might not get everything you want. You know, it's, it is. It's one of those type of games that uh, the, the guys that you don't think of first might be the ones who win the game. Uh, someone like a Dorsett. It wouldn't shock me if Dorsett made a couple of big plays for the Colts or... Uh, if Dwayne Allen uh, made, made a catch or two, a sneaky couple ones over in the middle, or, or, or even, I doubt it, maybe even a Fleener. I don't know. But they're going to be running a lot of wides out there. Moncrief could uh, could get into the mix. Andre, you still can't forget about Andre Johnson out there. But um, but this is the type of thing, yeah, with the lockdown corners, it makes it tough. It makes it tough. And on the other side of the ball, um, Sammy Watkins, who has every bit the look of a future stud receiver, but, I mean, he's going to be locked down in, in the game as well. So, I mean, I have him ranked, I think, one below Brandon Marshall. And that's uh, Vontae Davis shadowing him. It's just trubs. You're just not, he's going to have a really bad game. So, I don't know. It's, this game is not going to be tremendously high scoring. But somehow, some way, luck is going to pull off some good numbers. Uh, it's, it's definitely, you're never going to sit a luck um, and I, I, I tell the truth, I wouldn't sit any of the guys, even though the Bills are a very tough defense. Um, but it's, I just wouldn't expect the world out of them in, the, in this first one. It's going to be, it's going to be a fun, really good game. You get to see uh, Lashawn McCoy in this very heavy run-based offense. Um, even though he's a tiny bit hobbled, I'm very interested to see what they're doing with him there. Uh, Charles Clay should get some sneaky good play in there. I think he's going to get. Uh, a bunch of targets, and he, he can always make a big play. He had another 65-yard touchdown in the preseason. So, I, I don't know. There's gonna, it's strangely, in a Bills game, it's usually somewhat low scoring. This one's going to have some middle-range scoring with some decent fancy points. I just, man, it's, you can't have luck as your number one, but you can't put them lower than you know, six or seven either because it's just, just too many weapons. T.Y. Hilton, concussion on the 29th. How's he, uh, how's he doing? Is he... Fine. This is something that can, should concern Hilton owners for the season. No, I, I haven't heard anything more about it. Um, I assume he's, everything's gone through just fine and he's ready to go. Uh, I don't see any problems there. Um, no. 
All right. Any, uh, you know what? The, the last thing I wouldn't mind talking about here is that pitch count with Gore. Um, this first game uh, in, I don't know, Indianapolis wants to get off and running. They want to prove that last year's shellacking by the Patriots uh, in the playoffs there, they, they want to prove to themselves that they can get through that. And they want to win this game. And they, they want to, I don't want to say they want to win it handily, but they want to do it the right way. I know that Gore's going to be on a pitch count early in the season, but he's going to be used extensively in this game. I'm telling you that right now. Um, when your backup at this point is a rookie, Josh Robinson, who didn't get a ton of play in the preseason, but he looked pretty good doing it, um, it's just going to be Gore. You know, he's, he's healthy, he's fresh, it's fine. He's going to get play in it, but I'd, I'd say that what they're talking about with the pitch count is going to happen more between like weeks three or four and 10, 11, 12, somewhere in that range. But when he's fresh, Get them going. Get those wins under your belt. Get the offense rolling, and then you could start tapering back. They need they need to see what they have themselves. Yeah. You know, it's not like all of a sudden, hey, we're already there. There's a lot of new faces there, so this is not one of those situations where when you're on pitch count and it's a team that's bit like Dallas Cowboys or something back in the '90s where they've been together for six years yeah. and it's just like, all right, we know we're going to the playoffs. We know the last five games is all that really matters. Uh, let's 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 hold these guys back. That's not going to happen in, in Indy. And we know that Gore is a resilient guy. He is the opposite of Alshon Jeffrey. So we <laughs> shall see. Uh, I think we, I think we kind of covered that game pretty well. One thing that you said that could happen, I could see a sneaky game by uh, the, uh, Dwayne Allen, a guy that's really only played like 14 games or something the last two seasons. But he was in those games last in seven games last year. How many touchdowns did he have? Eight. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like ten. actually, I think he played ten. He games played ten games, but still okay. eight touchdowns. He's a touchdown magnet. He is. Uh, it's, it's it's great because he plays every down. Um, he's such a great blocking uh, blocking tight end. Bills are dominant against tight ends. They are, they are. absolutely dominant. Yeah. I would not play any any. Yeah, I mean, I don't have either Fleener or Allen ranked high. Um, uh, if you're in a 12-team league, I don't have them in the top 12, so they, they're neither guy I would start either. That's uh, very true. But, but they could get that sneaky touchdown, yeah, and exactly. that's what you're looking for from the tight end position. That's what you're hoping. The only thing is they gave up two all of last season know, to the yeah. tight end position, and well, you're like... Oh, uh, I don't know. What's going to change? And I don't think anything's going to change. The question is, one of the major questions is LaShawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. You know, what kind of workload is he going to get? And, you know, another kind of question we're getting along the lines of that is, you know, if he's going to get re-injured, who's my guy? Who's the go-to guy, dog? Well, I, I, it's a good question. I think that, listen, I, I love a Carlos Williams. Um, he's a big, big dude, strong. He's, he's got some quick stuff. He's, he's the backup for him this year, but... He's coming off a bit of an injury. Um, I think it, if it comes down to it, if, he, if McCoy Evans got hurt, I think they throw Dixon in there. I really do in this first game. I know that people are saying maybe Bryce Brown. I think they'd just rather play it safe. Bryce Brown to fumble the ball three, you know, three plays in. It's I, I don't know. You, get, you have to wait and see. I think McCoy will be fine, though. Let's go to the next game. Dolphins at the Redskins. Obviously, good times for Tannehill, Miller, Parker, they say, is playing, uh, which is obviously pretty sweet considering I thought he was going to be more of a uh, little deeper in, but he's been practicing all week and, and looks like he's ready to go and get some get some play. So going at good times to start off against the Redskins, uh, I think with all the upside and the, and, the, and the high expectations for Miami, there's no better way to get a dress rehearsal in week one than against this team. Yeah, it's well, this is an interesting one. Um, the Redskins... 
have a really good rush D. Um, and, but they have a, a, just a terrible, terrible pass defense. Um, I'm actually guessing that Tannehill is going to have a really nice game here. Uh, he's got the receivers to do it. Uh, Landry is going to just be salted in this one. He, you know, that's a, we're going to use that. Mrs. Uh, Dashed? Yeah. He's, <laughs> Lowry. Lowry's. He's Lowry. He's going to get Lowry. Um, yeah, he, he is. I, th- I think that he, it wouldn't shock me if he came away with uh, double-digit catches in this one uh, and, and a touchdown. I, I think he's, he's a really nice play this week. Um, it's going to be mix and match with the other guys. You're going to have Jennings is uh, going to start off, I think, in there. Um, I, I think that Parker, like you're saying, he's, he's looked really good lately in their practices. They got him in there to a preseason game, and he actually looked good there as well. He didn't play all that much, but he did catch a, a pass. Um, but they say he's looking awesome in, in practice. They'll get him in there for a little bit. Um, obviously, Stills will get in there a tiny bit too, but he's coming off injury. Can we just start sucking off Jarvis Landry this week already? Pretty much. That's <laughs> that's, uh, that's my guy. I, I have him in my DFS. Can you please not do the the motion? <laughs> yeah. Say it. Don't do the motion while you're saying it. That's yeah. a little too much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle that Saturday morning Valverde free. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah you're making me want to get to a Valverde. By the way, Doug. Yeah, please. Ready? Valverde. Um, anyway, so I, I, the Dolphins, I, here's the thing, is that Miller last year um, did a lot of his damage in home games. He, does, he can have good road games, but he tends to do most of his damage at home. Now, in the games that the Dolphins win on the road, which I expect them to do, he usually puts up double-digit fantasy points. Um, not a ton of double-digit, you know, but it's usually around 10, 11, 12, 13, um, so that's where I'm kind of expecting him to be. I don't expect him to have a gigantic game, but he'll do so, he'll do some decent damage. Uh, he'll get you know, bottom end RB one, top end RB two type numbers this week. Yeah, he's a, he's a solid sort of play. He's averaged three point yards per carry on the road in like 204 attempts. And then there's other things that you're looking for. This should just be a pass, pass, pass type of game. This should be a very pass heavy type of game. Um, because they're stout up the middle, uh, you know their linebackers are great. Uh, Kerrigan is like one of the best run-stuffing uh, linebackers in all of football. Uh, so you're looking at that, and then they're without their top corner due to suspension and Brashad Breland. So you're going to have a second-rate corner on you know, the top receiver, and then you still have Jarvis Landry in the slot. And he's probably going to be the guy who plays a majority of the snaps while these other guys are all rotating in and out. So... Jarvis Landry probably on the field like 100% of the game snaps. These other guys, you know, splitting it up. They'll be in a lot of two, three wide receiver sets. They'll be in a lot of three wide receiver sets, I have yeah. to say. So, you know, these guys are going to get like 50% of the time, 50% of the time. And then, you know, Jordan Cameron's probably going to be a guy who's on the field a lot there. Uh, you know, I love every option in this passing game. Lamar Miller, I'm a little bit hesitant on. I think he'll be good. I don't think he'll be great. Yeah, like, like you said, I mean, that, that, that's other, all I'm really looking for. Let's move to the other side of the ball and uh, quickly cover what we think might happen with the Redskins and their offense. Well, it, it, Miami's defense is going to be formidable this year. You know, I mean, going and getting uh, saw for Sue, whatever from uh, saw 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 suck it. It's going to be tough running for uh, for Washington. I don't see Morris finding much much out there. Um, I think they're obviously going to have to go to the, the passing game, and that might mean a little more Matt Jones in this game. 
it will be a mix and match. More, they'll try and go to him early. They'll try and establish a bit of a run before things get out of control. So more so do a little bit of damage. But I got him ranked down in the 20s this week. I don't think I'll normally do that because I still think that he's going to get a lot of play this year. But this is going to be a really tough one uh, against Miami's uh, front seven. That's that's not going to be easy running. You got Cousins at quarterback. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's coming off that injury. And it's supposedly he's 100% fine. But Cousins usually likes to throw to Garcon a little bit more. Garcon might have himself a decent game. Uh, I, I don't know. This, they're not going to do a whole hell of a lot, Washington, in this one. Even though they're at home, uh, Miami's defense is just too formidable here. I'm looking, as you mentioned him, uh, Matt Jones, I'm looking to find out how does he play into the situation? How many carries are they going to be giving him? Is he going to be getting the goal line? What is really going to be happening with him? Because... Uh, this team really stinks. We talked about it in the previous podcast. He might get a lot of opportunity, and I have him on a lot of my teams. The thing is, they're, you know, he's coming out there and saying, uh, Jade Rudin just saying, you know, I don't know how many carries, you know, Jones is going to It's going to depend a lot on game flow. I mean, you know, uh, Morris could get 15, he could get 18, you know, Jones could get 8, he could get 12, and I'm like, wow, they're throwing out crazy numbers here. What are you doing to me, Jay? Yeah. <laughs> Making me think crazy. The thing <laughs> is, the strength of Alfred Morris is running between the tackles. And Dominican Sue is going to destroy between the tackles. This will not be the Miami Dolphins defense towards the end of last season. They let any running back and their mama run all over them. True. Sue will not let that happen. I mean, he is a one you know, player that could absolutely shut down a run game on his own. And you have to double him, and he can destroy a double team on his own. That's how good of a player he is at the defensive tackle position. He's an absolute nightmare matchup for an Alfred Morris. Uh, without, you know, any sort of receiving ability, you know, I don't see how he gets in the end zone, even if he is the goal line back. That's what really scares me about Alfred Morris. He could be like a... 20 carry for like 70 yard type of guy this week and just uh, nothing really sexy about him. Yeah, that's kind of what I see as well. That The one player that you might want to keep a, a bit of an eye on for the Redskins is Jordan Reed. Uh, I, I, I can't stand him. I will never have him on any of my teams. But this is the type of game where he might get some, uh, some passes over the middle real quick because Miami's going to get after Cousins and they're, they're going to be on him real quick. He's going to have to dump that ball off. Uh, it's going to go to Reed more often than not, if you ask me. And I, he could have a pretty decent game because of it. Yeah, Miami was so good against tight ends last season again. I think they averaged like 40 yards receiving to tight ends. Yeah. He's yeah. not a receiving threat in the end zone. So it's like, uh, it's it's so ugly. The thing is, I think it could be a dink and dunk type of game. Yes. That's, the, that's their best chance of doing any sort of damage against this Miami Dolphins defense is to throw the five-yard hitches to Pierre Garçon. So I think Pierre Garçon could have a crap load of targets and catches this game. And he might not get a lot of yards, but in PPR leagues, dink and dunk, I think this game, that, that'll have to be how this game goes. And the, and the thing for Deshaun Jackson is what he's going to have to hope for is a quick slant and him breaking one you know, for, for one of his long touchdowns, which I just don't see. What's the Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood, the Vegas uh, over-under on Jordan Reed getting a concussion? Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's a 50-50. Half game? Even, even money. Even All right, money let's burn money. through this one. Panthers and Jaguars. Let's kind of uh, cruise up. We're, we're, we need to catch up a little bit. What, who, wants to hit, who wants to hit it fast? Love, Speed round. Love Jay Stu this week. 
I mean, what else do they have? It's going to be they need to pound it in between, you know, the tackles. There's nobody. Philly Brown, he's back to Philly now, apparently. Uh, that confused me a little bit. You know, Devin Funches isn't going to play. You know, so it's Cam Newton, Jonathan Stewart, Greg Olson. Like, that's your triumvirate. You're starting Ted Ginn and Philly Brown on the outside. So I guess they're going to run the streaks all game? Like, this is, this is NCAA football 2005 <laughs> when you're playing with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You got Ted Ginn and uh, Santonio Holmes on the yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs> the year's probably off on that, but I remember. <laughs> Let us never like forget it. NCAA football. <laughs> Good times. Uh, the thing is, oh, God, like, this is going to be one of those ugly games. Jonathan Stewart just needs to do... Get carries, get carries. He could be upwards of 20 to 25 carries in this game. They don't have anybody else. Jaguars. Uh, it's going to, I don't know, TJ <laughs> Yeldon is going to be an interesting play this week. He's, they said that he is unlimited in what he's going to be doing. He's going to have uh, all the opportunity in the world to, to get three downs in there. They're going to want to see what's going on with him. Gerhardt's a little bit banged up. Uh Denard Robinson is going to get some third down work, so that'll be interesting. But uh, what, what do you, you got to say there, Stig? Well, Starlo Tulele was ruled out. He's yes. another one of those awesome run defenders that yep. we talked about. One of those guys that can stuff up the run. You know, he's just ruled out, so that bumps TJ Alden up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got a you know big flex decision to make that it was between Sammy Watkins, TJ Yeldon, and uh, Joseph Randall. Completely stuck. I've been flipping him in and out all week long. I'm worried about yeah, Vontae Davis on Watkins. I'm worried, but I think he, he might get a lot of volume and maybe break one. And then you know, I'm just I just think T.J. Yeldon might have the safest workload, which seems like which Hard seems weird. First is, game in his yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a true. scary bet. Well, I've got Yeldon as a flex and a player, so I hope all the things you say are correct because I need. Uh, I kind of drafted him as trade bait. I want him to have a big game, and I kind of want to move him for something else because I got too many rookies on that team. Too, too many rookie running backs. I got a Rob. It's a deep bench. I got Robinson, Matt Jones, Yeldon. I've got Amari Cooper in that league, and I got one other guy. Um, Aguilar. Who? Aguilar. Well, I don't have Aguilar, but I've got another running back that, that that's got a chance down the Josh road. Josh Robinson or yeah, uh, I got Buck Allen. Um, like I'll that. remember. Uh, what well, about, uh, let's, let's move on. Well, real real let's quick, talk. Robinson, Robinson, and Hearns. Yeah. What do you think? Think they'll do uh, much this game? I mean, what corner is healthy and playing? That's the that's the real yeah. question. I I don't think they'll be very good at running the ball. I think they'll have an average yards per carry. So I think they're going to have to throw it a lot. And Allen Robinson's going to get his usual, you know, eight to ten targets. Uh, I like him as a wide receiver. You know, low end three, high end. Low end two, high end three, uh, and then you know Alan Hearns is one of those guys who could score a big one. You know, uh, Peanut Tillman's coming off an injury, and I don't even know who the other guy is. Like Ben Ben Wierwicki or some shit. Yeah, uh, <laughs> scares the nobody on that defense scares me. That defensive backfield was awful. So if they're not getting pressure on the quarterback with uh, you know their linebacking core and stuff like that, uh, you know nothing. But Without Julius Thomas in this game, you know, who'd be a bad start anyways against the sort of linebacking core, you know, the receivers are going to have to do it. It, This isn't a great defense in terms of allowing fantasy points. They give up yards. They usually just stiffen up towards the end zone. So 
Don't expect very many points to be scored. Uh, I think this is one of the lower over-under lines of the weekend. Yeah, of course. Last year, Alan Hearns had two touchdowns in the first game of the year. He put himself on the map. Uh, don't see it happening this year. All right, let's go on. Seahawks are going to be in St. Louis playing the Rams. What? Uh, let's start on the Rams side of the ball and uh, and go through that and sift through that. What are your thoughts starting with uh, Foles and uh, down to the running back situation? I would like to start with the running back situation and down to Foles. Fair enough. <laughs> I mean, Benny Cunningham looks to be the starter. It looks like Trey Mason's going to be out. He's got a questionable tag. Hasn't officially been ruled out yet. But even if he's you know in the lineup, I don't think he's going to be very effective. I don't think Benny Cunningham will necessarily be very effective anyways. But this could be a game where they have to dink and dunk a lot. And that scares the crap out of me with that offensive line, with their weapons on the outside. You know, Brian Quick might be the best player of anybody to sort of play on that entire roster. Uh, but Benny Cunningham could be a nice play because of his PPR upside. It's, there's nothing else to say. <laughs> I mean, this Rams team is in trouble. Uh the, the guy who actually might get the most targets in this game, strangely, is Stedman Bailey. He he, he might get the most targets of, of all the uh, receivers and tight ends and whatnot. Jared Cook game? Not really. I, I mean, it could be, but he never seen. He's he, always good in week one. He always teases you. He is always good in week one, but he hasn't been very good against Seattle in the past. I think he normally catches three or four balls for anywhere between 25 and 40 yards and doesn't get touchdowns against his team, so... Uh, no, uh, there's just nobody on the Rams. I would be I would be playing in this one. To the Seahawks side of the ball, uh, Russell Russell Wilson is a middle of the pack on this one. He's had good games against St. Louis, but normally doesn't need to have great games against St. Louis. In the one game that he did have an outstanding fantasy game, it's because they actually lost. And if you, I don't know if you remember, they lost I think 28-26. Nobody thought that that was going to happen. And, and uh, Wilson had to pull shit out of his out of his ass, and he ran for 107 yards and a touchdown, and ended up throwing for like 300 or something like that. But he's not going to need to do that this game. There's going to be a lot of running involved in this game, a lot of uh, quick hitches. Tyler Lockett might be thrown all over this uh, all over the offense in this one. Should be fun to watch. Uh, but until they until they can they can like can like can like actually show that. There's going to be more than 18 or 16, 18 completions in the entire game. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, it's tough to start anybody except for a Marshawn Lynch. Obviously, Graham is an interesting one in this one, but the Rams are so stout against that tight end. You know that they're going to be trying to hold back Graham. I wouldn't. He, you got to start him if you have him, but I wouldn't expect the world out of him. It's not going to be a two touchdown game. It might not even be a one touchdown game. Uh, he might get himself 60, 70 yards. I just, I'm, I'm not expecting the world out of him this yeah, week. Yeah, that's another team that only allowed two touchdowns to the yeah. tight end position last season. Uh, you know, Ogletree and Laurinaitis are great sort of coverage space mm-hmm. linebackers. So that's what gives those guys sort of fits. And then they've also got the versatility with their, you know, cornerbacks to potentially, you know, play safeties and TJ McDonald play yeah. on the tight end. TJ McDonald's a pretty good player. Uh, who, who can give? He's got decent size at like six six one six two two hundred and fifteen pounds, and you know decent speed. He's I'm, like, I'm excited to see if Tyler Lockett can be a fantasy person. You know, we we saw what he did in the preseason. Had a touchdown reception. Had a hundred yard kick return. Had a um, sixty seven yard punt return for a touchdown. The guy is just dynamic as it comes. Can that translate into fantasy football? Are they going to try and give? 
you know, I don't know, a, a Percy Harvin, a big F off and say, we got it. We got someone better than you and really try and make him a part of the offense. And let's be honest, Doug Baldwin, uh, Jermaine Curse, uh, these guys are just, considering how they've been in the Super Bowl the last two seasons, m- might be some of the most lackluster receivers you could ever see in that such a situation. If Doug Baldwin was a three, he'd be a very good three. But he's like their one, and that's what scares the crap out of me. I'd much rather see them trot out like Chris Matthews and Tyler Lockett with Doug Baldwin as the three. But it's just never going to happen. Uh, it might. I think by, if you might see by the end of the first three games, and that's why I'm, I'm, I'm just psyched to see Lockett. He might just be a, a trick play guy. He might just be. That's but the you question. might see. He might be the wide receiver one by the week three. It's, and you might just be like, all right, we got it. We got it. Yep. We got a guy that's just a total beast. And here. he's just going to get like 800 yards receiving. And I'm, not saying he's gonna be, I'm not saying he's going to be all that. He might be the one wide receiver. I won't uh, disagree with that. Yeah. Look, <laughs> Russell, Russell Wilson, let's be honest. He's, he ever, he's never thrown over 3,500 yards. I think he's 20 t- touchdown passes last year is the most he's ever had. 20, no, he had 28 in his like, rookie year. Yeah, he did. 20, did he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. You're not Still. thinking. You're not thinking through the air too much with that guy. No, it, it, Doug Baldwin, however, Houdini does. Doug Baldwin does do uh, uh, really well against the Rams. He usually catches about six, seven balls and uh, puts them up for like 60, 70 yards. Which no, I guess that's not great. But uh, for PPR for purposes, it's not too bad. Uh, it's going to be Lynch, Lynch, Fred Jackson, Lynch, Fred Jackson, Lynch, 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 Jackson, Graham. And they're, 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 that's your game. Should we move on? Yeah. Nice. I like it. All right. This is getting into that second uh, half of the games, afternoon games on Sunday. we got the Saints are going to go and be in Arizona playing the Cardinals. What do you foresee happening in this matchup? God, this is another one of those. Uh, the, the defense, the rush defense of Arizona is really going to, play tricks on Mark Ingram owners. Uh, everybody's going to want Ingram to get off and running, especially with C.J. Spiller out, but C.J. Spiller out isn't going to make Mark Ingram any better. It'll give him a few extra touches, but against this Arizona Cardinals rush D, it's not going to translate into anything. So, I don't see Ingram having a, a tremendous game. He's more of an RB2 in this game simply because of the volume, but uh, I don't see him having a really that outstanding a game. Breeze is going to have to throw the ball around a bunch. And to be quite honest, he's he's not as good on the road as he is at home. So I, I don't know exactly how what to expect in this one. I see Cooks getting, uh, I don't want to say salted, but he's going to get a lot of play in this one. I think he's going to maybe go to a little more trustworthy, uh, the trustworthy side of it, and go with Colston a little bit more than Brandon Coleman in this one. I... I Joshua, who's going to get more play than you think, are the Ben Watson and the Josh Hill. Arizona's always been terrible against the tight ends. Those two guys could end up getting, a, a, wouldn't shock me if they got a touchdown apiece in this one. So that's going to be interesting to watch. Uh, I, I'm very interested to see the mix and match with Watson and Hill because they're saying Watson's the guy, Watson's a starter, and he's going to be playing every down. But Hill is more talented at this point. He's got more size. He's got he's got good hands, and he can run routes. He's actually got uh, some decent athleticism. So I'm interested to see how that mixes and matches out. Uh, they're both worth a shot, I guess, in your uh, on your teams. The thing I like about Hill also is he knows ever since they made that trade a long time ago, getting rid of Jimmy. He knows he he they they need him. 
he's probably when you go into the previous seasons, you're probably like, oh, I'm just behind Jimmy uh, Graham. What 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 do I, what do I got to do here? Uh, my job's gonna be pretty easy. He knew he was a lot. He was gonna be needed to be counted on. So I think he probably put in the reps, put in the work, and uh, I could see Breeze and him trying to show, hey, you know, there's a re- we got a great offensive line, and there's a reason why we got rid of Jimmy. We don't we didn't we didn't need the focus of the offense to be so so directly on him. And uh, we'll see. Anybody got stag party? The question is, what are they gonna do with Patrick Peterson, and which Patrick Peterson are we gonna get? Are you going to get the Patrick Peterson from two seasons ago or the one from last year who was, you know, burnt to a crisp uh, a few too many times? And are they going to play him on, you know, uh, Brandon Cooks? Are they going to play him on a bigger receiver like a Brandon Coleman? Play him on a Marcus Colson? Are they going to move him around the field? How are they going to use Patrick Peterson? Because that's my only concern with Brandon Cooks. I think, you know, they could just plaster Patrick Peterson to him and his size could give him fits. You know, that's the only thing I worry about. You know, his quickness should... You know, Patrick Peterson is a fast guy himself. It has elite open field quickness, has that change of pace. I That's the only thing I worry about, and I, I don't know. Brandon Cooks would eventually wear him out. So I don't know if they put him on him all the time. They may eventually... They may try and... Uh, Put him one on one for some of the game, but in general, I th- I don't think that Peterson just takes Cooks one on one all game. Cooks is way too fast, way too shifty. Um, he may try and get him to chuck him a little bit at the line here and there, but if he, they try and put him one on one all game long, Peterson will get worn down. Will just get worn out because Cooks is just way too much of a jitterbug. He has the energy of of the gods. I mean, that kid can just go all day long and do it 110%. He's never done that one yet. The energy of the gods. We haven't heard that oh, one. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I, like, I, I, I got some new ones this year, You talking boys. about his stamina? <laughs> What's going on here? <laughs> the energy of the gods. I yeah. love it. So, I, I don't know. It, it, that's going to be interesting. Let's go to the Arizona side of the ball. Uh, what do you see happening there, Stag? Well, everything could happen. This Saints defense was awful last year. Are they going to be as awful, or are they going to get it back to respectable levels? You remember, two seasons ago, they were awesome. You know, everything sort of came together. But, you know, there's you know no real pass rush on this team anymore after having to let go of Junior Gallette. Uh, I think uh, Cam Jordan, or yeah, Cameron Jordan mm-hmm. is a little bit banged up, I think, or suspended. He'll be out this one. So Suspended, I think, actually. Yeah, I think he's got a drug charge or some crap. Yeah. So, Andre Ellington could be very good in this game. They gave up a lot of, you know, dink and duck to those uh, running backs last year. Uh, you know, their top cornerback, Keenan Lewis, is out. Things just aren't looking up for the Saints defense going into this matchup, and you're very much looking up for this Cardinals offense. Uh, I think they're going to be able to air it out. Uh, I think they should be all right. Uh, which which Kenny Vaccaro are we going to see? Are we going to see the dominant rookie player, or are we going to see the one who, you know, sort of sucked balls last year? Uh, I mean, plus I think Jerry's birds out uh, with their safeties, and and uh, I mean Brandon Browner I think might even be coming off a slight injury too. So yeah, you're right. It's it's going to be interesting whether Michael Floyd plays or not. I think is is interesting. He's obviously had those uh, busted fingers uh, for the preseason. I I don't know what's going to happen with him. I do I do believe that he'll play, but I don't think it'll be heavy snaps. You're going to see uh, John Brown running around quite a bit. John Brown could be a very good play this week. Trusty uh, Larry Fitz is going gonna, is gonna to get uh, some nice passes to him as well. Uh, there's, just a, there's a lot going on here that 
could and could not happen, but you're right. Ellington should have a really good game. I don't know if they want to go too much with either Chris Johnson or David Johnson. I think they might want to just stick with what's steady and, and, and working for them, which will be Ellington this game. Get him open in space against this, this New Orleans defense, and I, I think that he could have a pretty nice game. I like the way Ellington's coming into the season healthy. He hasn't. He didn't do that last year. He's a second-round pick last year. A year ago, this guy was going into his second year, and he's a second-round pick. Yeah, this year he moved down ADP a lot, but he's coming in healthy. Remember, this team is a lot better all around when Carson Palmer's behind center. Carson Palmer, what, he went 6-0 and last year before going down? Can, yes. Can he go and carry this on? If they start winning and going on another run again, you're going to look at a team that, wow, these guys might be a Super Bowl caliber team. Carson's got to stay healthy. Ellington's got to stay healthy. That defense has to be stout. Uh, but they, that receiving core with those three guys between Fitz, uh, Floyd, and, and Brown, I mean, that's as dynamic as it gets once Floyd's fingers heal up. Yeah, there's just a, a lot of different things that could happen with that re- receiving core. I mean, this and could be 3,000-yard receivers, realistically. Yeah, it could be. It, it definitely could be. And then here's the thing. People completely forget or look over it or never knew it in the first place. Carson Palmer was a top 10 fantasy uh, quarterback when he went down last year. He is a guy that people are just forgetting about, not thinking about. But with these wide receivers and Ellington coming out of the backfield to toss to, or even David Johnson or Chris Johnson, to be honest, honest, uh, he could be a really nice get this year if he stays healthy for your team. People may be starting him on their fantasy lineups sooner than later. Yeah, Is he he a starting option in week one for you? uh, It's interesting. The thing is, I think that they can run against this New Orleans team. And because... Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's if he's right on the he's right on the borderline. He is. He's right 13. on the borderline. The thing is, that because it's at home in Arizona, I I think that Arizona may run the clock a little more. I think they may just want to keep it out of Breeze's hands and, and run it a, a little bit. So I, I don't know. He's right on. He's right on the edge for me, and especially with uh, Michael Floyd being banged up a tiny bit, it's uh, that scares me a little bit. And their tight end situation is obviously nil. So. He's right on the edge for me in terms of starting QB. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens down the line with them. You guys want to move to the next game? Sure thing. Let's go down to the Whales Vagina down in San Diego where you got the Lions playing the Chargers. Oh, could I use a little vagina? A Whales Vagina? Oh, I don't care. Any type of vagina. <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to bring home a Whales Vagina. Yeah, it is, I guess. Uh, well... We've all, We've all been there. We've all been there. I did love it, and I'm sick of jerking off. <laughs> Give me a whale. <laughs> oh, God. Good grief. Yeah. All right, let's talk about the Lions. <laughs> I'm super high on Calvin Johnson for the season. Is that going to start in week one, Dogmatic? It will start in week one. Uh, he's The thing is, is that the Chargers will do well against the run. Right now, I, I think that they're going to be guarding against that run. Joy Bell has been uh, banged up, and he hasn't gotten enough reps for me to say that he's going to come out lighting anything on fire. Abdullah, yes, uh, he's looked incredible, but he is a rookie going into his first game. It's on the road, and while I think that he's going to be a, good, a decent play and he'll have a couple electric plays, San Diego was, you know, pretty decent against the run last year. So I think that they're going to try passing the ball. I think it's probably going to go to Calvin quite a bit. Uh, somebody like a, the thing is, is that they have Eric Weddle there, and he's one of the best, if not the best, like safety, uh, deep safety out there. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that spells trouble for somebody like a Golden Tate. I think that the number one guy is going to be Calvin Johnson this game, and he's going to get, 
I don't want to say salted. Yeah, I do want to say salted. The guy is going to get a ton of targets, and he's going to get the most play. I, I like his his chances of a top three, top four uh, wide receiver game this week. Yeah, there's lots of different you know factors going into that side of the ball. How are they going to work uh, Joy Bell back into the offense after being you know hurt and damaged in a pussy all off season? Um, you know, how are they going to get? Uh, Amir Abdullah the ball? Are they going to use him in a Shane Vereen, Reggie Bush type role? Are they going to throw it to him a lot? Uh, or are they just going to go pass happy against the team that was pretty good against the run? You know, able to stop, you know, guys, especially they were pretty good against bigger backs. So I think Amir Abdullah might be the better play here. Yes, agreed. But I've seen a lot of options. It's like, should I play Amir Abdullah? And then it's always like, I've got a better player, though, with, like, less question marks. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you got to sit Amir Abdullah as much as you're not going to like it. Uh, and then this passing game, I think, should have a chance. You know, Jason Verrett uh, coming back the corner uh, out of Texas Christian. got Played very well his rookie season. Suffered that shoulder injury. Yep. Uh, should be back healthy now, but he isn't a big guy in his own right. So if they decide to line him up against Calvin Johnson, it'll be bad. But I think he could be very good on Golden Tate. He's one of those kind of uh, shorter corners who can move a little bit and lock those type of guys down. I think he'll be a good matchup there. Uh, so that, that means they're going to put um, what Brandon Flowers, Flowers uh, yeah. on Calvin Johnson. And, Cal- and he's a guy who sort of str- struggles with size. He does struggle with size, and that's going to be the, the big telltale here. I think that you're right um, in that they'll, they'll probably put Verrett on, on Tate and cancel that out. Maybe throw Flowers on Johnson and have the over-under on him with maybe Weddle playing back uh, or something like that, so, or uh, I don't know, whoever else they have back there in, in the safety position today or something. I, I, think that that's, I think that Johnson overcomes that, and I think that Johnson is the best play on, on this team this week. I don't. I can't see Tate having a great game. Not with the way that San Diego plays that type of defense against a second receiver. Who I don't know is more of a, a big play threat. I guess at this point in time, when it, when it comes to an offense like this, going against a defense like this, so I, that just doesn't do it for me. And the tight end situation there in Detroit, Ebron. Wow, uh, he's gotten better. I'll tell you that uh, he had a lot of trouble that rookie season learning the playbook and, and keeping up the speed, and that's the way it is with tight ends. Unless you are an absolutely dominant uh, guy like a Gronk or something, or back in the day like a Jeremy Shockey, strangely, you aren't going to do anything as a rookie tight end. But you either jump that second year, or maybe it takes a half a year into that second year, or maybe the third year, if you're going to actually be a really good fancy tight end in this league. We're going to see quickly if Ebron is making that jump or not. I don't quite see it in this game, but you might see in a few games coming up, four or five games in the season, Ebron might actually start to become a decent play. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. He's He's got talent. He still has trouble dropping the ball a little bit, but he knows the offense now, and that makes a huge difference with a, a rookie tight end going into that second year. Once you learn that offense and things uh, start to become second-hand to you, it, it, it's, uh, it's, it's night and day. So, anything to say about Stafford or a decent game? I think they're going to find that they're going to be passing a little bit more in this one, so he'll get a little more play. But uh, I don't know when it comes to going on the road or playing at home. He's kind of even mix or match. He has terrible games on the road. He has good games on the road. 
I don't know, he, he does it all, either home or away, and I, 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 I couldn't say for sure, but I think that he's just going to have a middling game. That's kind of his issue, and that's why he's kind of fallen in the, in the ranks in fantasy yeah. football. It's like, he hits, it hits pretty nice, but you really don't know when that's coming or when it's not, sure. and then he hit, brings these mid-league games, like you call it, uh, and you don't know when those are going to come, and it's just, it's just too risky of a play. There's no consistency there. The one good thing about Stafford is, you know, the Chargers aren't great uh, on pass rush and aren't great at taking the ball away. So he's a heavy interception guy, sort of in his career. So he might not throw one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And I don't think that the Chargers didn't have many receptions at all. Interceptions, interceptions at all. Second fewest. Yeah. So that that'll help Stafford, I suppose. Uh, other side of the ball, and I'm interested in what they're going to do in that backfield. I think. Like they were, like they've been saying, it's going to be more of a mix and match situation. They're not going to give Ingram the reins just to, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season to start Gordon. it all up. Uh, Go- yeah, sorry, Gordon. Uh, sorry, I was I was looking at Melvin Ingram uh, coming back, linebacker and everything. Uh, but no, they're not going to give uh, Gordon the reins to start off the season. I think that Woodhead's going to get a lot of play in this one. I think he's actually the better play in this one than Melvin is. So uh, Rivers, I think, will have a pretty decent game as well. Um, Levy is hurt for the Lions. I don't think he's going to be starting, so that's actually good news for uh, whichever tight end ends, ends up playing. It's good news for Stevie Johnson. Um, and it's obviously good news for, for Allen. Huh? It's good news for everybody. He's one of the elite run-stuffing uh, linebackers, one of the elite uh, pass coverage linebackers. Yeah. He, he just developed into a great, great linebacker all around uh, in the last season or two here. So... Everybody has, you know, they've all got pretty much good matchups. I mean, I thought the corners on this team played out of their mind last season. I don't think that's potentially repeatable. Overachieved for sure, yeah. And then I don't think, you know, this defensive line can be nearly as good as it was last year. Agreed. Um, So you're looking at this defense taking a step back. So, you know, until I see, you know, what I think is going to happen be proven wrong, I'm not... Going to be scared of the Detroit Lions on my matchup card, you know, very much here at early in the season. I think Keenan Allen's a good wide receiver two play. I think Stevie Johnson is a sneaky wide receiver three play for you this week. I think that I would I would go with Woodhead over Gordon in this one, and it remains to be seen whether Darius Green is actually going to play or not. Uh, the concussion protocol, we'll see. Where it's supposedly by the end of the day today, which is Saturday, uh, we'll know. But either way, I don't know if I'd throw him out there in that in this game anyway. One thing I wanted to mention, because we've mentioned a couple of times that we're recording here on Saturday, is the fact that during the season, this, this week we did it on Saturday because we wanted to get you guys your weekly matchups and give you this information before the Sunday games. We will be recording episode two on Tuesday night. And in season, we record, unless something really... Abs- Big comes up and we have to move it to a Wednesday, which I don't think should happen. But we record this podcast, the Pyro Podcast Heavy, every Tuesday night, going through the weekly matchups for each game that are ahead. So just wanted to put that out there that we're really recording this tonight because we had done seven podcasts in like 11 or 12 days. Super we, hectic week. I just yeah. everything going on. Yeah, you've, got, you've got drafts combined with week one. We, uh, Stuff to do. Player it's rankings, the worst write-ups. weeks ever. <laughs> We've got new pieces that were going up. Pyro Pro, the second opinions are going off the charts. Fantasy Pros, uh, everything. Fantasy Pros stuff. Yeah, the the lead up. And let's give a little shout-out to Fantasy Pros, giving us a little bit of a uh, 
a nice shout out, uh, and, and they're featuring our Pyro podcast there, which is great. Stag Party is, it said to me today that they really are only featuring seven, I think, podcasts that are out there. So Fantasy Pros, we love you for that. Obviously, we use your tools a lot and uh, appreciate being a part of that top seven mix. And then there's other guys there. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a little expert consensus, you can use their sort of consensus tools. Dog Medica is featured there. And if you're looking up a guy like Doug Martin, Dog is the highest guy on Doug Martin probably, you know, around the league this week. Uh, and we'll certainly talk about that a little later. Yeah, so very, very cool. Um, quick, Another quick Pyro promo. We, 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 you know, go over to iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a five-star rating. Give us some love there. Help us out. If you're not on uh, Apple products and you're on Android or Microsoft, check out Spreaker. Check out Stitcher. Uh, we're over there, and the podcast is being uh, presented there as well. So hook it up. You can check us out on this show anywhere that you listen to your shows. We are available. So let's go to the um, – are we going to go to the next game? Do you want to talk about Rivers at all? I think it's going to be a dink and dunk type of game. Uh, I think Nada's still a very good run defender, and I think they'll still have these defensive ends like Ezekiel Ansa is a solid run defender. I still think they'll be a solid run defense. I don't think they'll be one of the best in the league anymore. But I think this with Melvin Gordon you know, struggling and no real – other option to go through between the tackles. I think this will be another dink and dunk type game, which is great for the PPR uh, likes of Keenan Allen and you know Stevie Johnson. You know, this could be a very high, high, high pass attempt game uh, in which they just dink and dunk all the way down the field. Yeah, well, that's the way McCoy does it. He's always done it. He's a big dinker. He's a big dunker. He's kind of like he's kind of like Houdini <laughs> on his way to work. Guy runs on Duncan. He's, he's the oh, biggest yeah, Duncan Donuts guy out there. And just so you guys know, the last two shows, Houdini's been gone because he's being a Poonanny head. Uh, and <laughs> no, he's had some busy stuff. We want to give a shout out to Houdini. Houdini, congratulations. Just got engaged last weekend to his uh, lovely girlfriend. Really proud of you, buddy. Yeah. We're happy someone finally took you in and uh, would, would, would bed you. <laughs> and Wedja. Wedja and Wedja. But as a result of Houdini being kind of busy with the stuff, he hasn't been able to be here. And as a result, obviously, we don't have all these uh, terrific sound bites from movies and TV shows. And I think Stag Party and Dogmatica, in many ways, uh, are happy because they're not getting their uh, their unbelievable fantasy football goo interrupted by a Houdini hand raise. Like, like who's the... I got, I got a great one. I got a great one. Let's go. I'm in the middle of something here, Houdini. <laughs> Let's go on to the next game. Wow. Week one. The, uh, the two uh, quarterbacks that are rookies, highly number one and two in the 2015 draft. You got Mariota and you got Winston. Where, uh, where, where, uh, what else is happening in fantasy football and you know, start with those quarterbacks. Who do you expect to shine in their first NFL game between those two? I don't expect either one to shine. Um, I think this is going to be more of a manage game. Um, you know, for, for you got all right. On one side, you got Mariota, who is more of a dynamic type quarterback. He has the running ability. Uh, this offense uh, has slow plotters as their as their running backs. But they have a couple of dynamic type wide receivers and a, and a tight end to be able to throw to. It's going to be interesting to see how he's used in this one. 
I, I don't know exactly what's going to happen here with, I mean, Bishop Shank, Sankey should be able Shanky. to. Shanky. If, he Stanky, ever goes, if he ever goes to jail, you know what he's going to be using to kill his people. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think Mariota has a slightly better game, to be quite honest. I think that the Buccaneers are going to try and run the ball because the Titans' rush defense is just horrific. I mean, you could do anything you want against them with any running back you want. And Doug Martin has proven to be very good and back to his old self a bit. So I think that they use him quite a bit in this game and kind of ease Winston into his career with Tampa Bay. Uh, With Mike Evans a little banged up on the outside and uh, it, it just being a whole new year, a whole new situation. I think that Doug Martin gets a lot of play in this one. I think that Winston kind of takes it easy, takes a back seat in this one. However, Mariota might have to throw the ball a bit more. They might have to get a little creative in, the, in, in that offense. So I think that Mariota eventually ends up having a better game in this one. Yeah, I, I don't disagree about Mariota having the better game. Uh, with his potential, you know, they haven't really unleashed him in the run game at all during the preseason, sort of trying to get him to dink and dunk and be a pocket-type passer, working on his accuracy, working on other things like that. So, you know, I think he's the one guy who could have the better game of the quarterbacks. You know, Evans, injury, that concerns me a little bit. Vincent Jackson getting up there in age, looking a little slower this preseason. Um, Austin Safarian Jenkins, you know, still a, a virtual unknown. I mean, your biggest certainty in that game is sort of Doug Martin. And I think he could just be fed. I think he could potentially be one of those surprising lower-drafted guys who finishes with a great, great week. He could. You know, this could be a game where he has the most rush attempts uh, of any running back in the league this week. Yeah, I mean, i got to tell you, it's not a, when you look at all a lot of the experts out there, quote-unquote experts out there, uh, not, not a lot of them will take the chance of throwing a Doug Martin up there. I have no problem doing it. I, I've never had a problem doing it. It, it. What you see is what you see, and if you can't get behind it and go with it, then get the fuck out of the industry, all right? <laughs> I, I mean, I'm sorry, but Doug Martin has every chance in the world to be a top 10 running back this week, and I right now I've got him as a top 7 running back, and it, it wouldn't shock me if he put up top 5 numbers against one of the worst rush defenses in the league. Uh, with a rookie quarterback uh, in front of him and a banged-up stud wide receiver on the outside. That's just uh, that's just the way it's going to work out. And he's at home where the Buccaneers run better and run more often. And they've proven that in the past. So this this is just a perfect game for Doug Martin. The other, on the other side of the ball, I think that Kendall Wright will probably get, not salted, but he'll get peppered in, in this one. He's going he's gonna to get quite a f- few passes his way. Uh, he's dynamic enough to actually do something with them too. Hopefully that they've, you know, now that they have Mariota at the helm, I think, and they're trying to get different wide receivers to play next to them. Hopefully Wright is used in the correct way from here on out because he hasn't been for the first couple few years of his career. I'd like to see what happens between him and Mariota this, this season. Wright has every opportunity and has every facet of the game that you want to be a top receiver in this league. It's just been such a bland offense and such a bland backfield that they haven't been able to use him correctly yet. Hopefully they'll get him going in this one. Very cool. Well, let's move on to the next game. I'm excited to watch that one just to see the, the new guard and yeah. see, uh, you know, hopefully there's many matchups for the next 10, 15 years between those guys and they both turn out to be legitimate NFL studs. All right. The, we, bang- yep. the NFL needs it. They I mean, need it. What, 
besides Andrew Luck, who's really looking up? Uh, maybe a Russell Wilson, Ryan Tannehill. I mean, there hasn't been a guy in the last couple of years that's stepped up and proven to be the next generation. We need at least one guy to be excited about or else we're going to be left rooting on the likes of Josh McCown for more and more years. Good <laughs> Lord. Josh McCown. Fuck me. I'd <laughs> yeah. throw Bridgewater in there. Yeah. Bridgewater. Could, could Hopefully. We'll, we'll, see, we'll find out this year. Yeah. Big time. All right. We're going to go to the Bengals. They're going to be up there in Oakland. Uh, what is going to happen here? Obviously, this is a different Raiders than we're used to. A.J. Green got his money. He got a four-year extension, I think, what, $67 million or something? It's just 60 60 But, but, but he's, he's, it's worth more than the other guys that just signed there. Yeah, a little more guaranteed, but he also did the smart thing and thought about, how the fuck can I get away from Andy Dalton earlier in my career? Yeah, four years instead of five. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no, that's he very seems, true. I mean, I'm going to tell you, he seems to like Dalton. He seems to like him. I don't think... Well, I what other choice you sense. got? <laughs> I haven't gotten the sense that he's like, oh, this guy, get him out of here. He seems to be a really, he's close with a lot of guys on his team, and his circle, is one of the members of his circle is a Dalton. They're like homies, dude. Uh, it's weird. A.J. Green's a, he's a good guy. He's my quarterback. Yeah, he's, he's my quarterback. <laughs> he's not outspoken. He's not going to, you know, jump up and get in your face like a Des Bryant. You know, he's just, he does what he does, and he takes it as he takes it, and that's, you know, good for him. I'm glad that there's somebody like that, you know, out there instead of always... Hustling and bustling and trying to make the make the buck and put other you know run other people over, you know, under the bus and stuff. He's it's, an anti diva for sure. Yes, he he's the anti diva. He goes about his business. He does his business. Uh, that's the way it is. But uh, under the game, uh, what do you got for us here, Stags? Oh, there's just so much to like. Valverde. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what? What? Valverde? What? What? Cheers! So good. Right, you gotta, you gotta warn me, dog. You gotta warn me. I gotta, I gotta get the audience. So good when I hit the lips. I gotta get a beard down my throat, buddy. Uh, Let's go. I think you know Jeremy Hill should have a big game. You know, Alden Smith signed yesterday with the Raiders. I thought that was a good move. They've got nobody else. I think you know potentially Alden Smith and uh, you know Khalil Mack can be one of the most devastating duos at. You know, linebacker at defensive end, whatever you want to call them. Doesn't uh, he get the one thing I want to talk about? Alden Smith quickly. I know it's not fantasy relevant, but one, he got like three, three charges, three misdemeanors. But is he not going to get suspended? So this guy's just going to get to like play. It has to go through the legal system. You know that. God, it's crazy, dude. Yeah. This guy is just all right. I mean, it looks like he's going to play in this game. Um, I'm not really sure what they're going to do with him, how many snaps he's going to play, how good a shape he's in, any of that. But he at least provides a element that this team hasn't really had. Khalil Mack did look like a monster uh, two games ago as a pass rusher, which is something you wanted to see out of him. He is already probably the best run defender uh, at the position last year. You know that that that's great. Is there anybody else who could play run defense? Is there anybody up the middle? Uh, I think they signed, what, Dan Williams from the Broncos to you know ho- hopefully shore that up. Uh, you know, but their inside linebackers aren't that great. You know, their corners, lots of questions there. Uh, there's just question marks all over this defense. So Jeremy Hill should be able to just trounce all over these guys. Hopefully this offensive line can get back to playing how they played at the end of last season. They're one of the best units in the league. Uh, they've got a ton of depth everywhere on that offensive line. 
I think they're just gonna, it's going to be a game where they ride Hill, where they ride Jeremy Green, uh, Jeremy Hill, where they throw to AJ Green, and that's going to be what it is, and that should be what their offense is all off season. Yeah, I think they get G- Giovanni involved too as well. I mean, I don't think Hill. I mean, they very well they could, I guess, run him forty times, but I think this is going to be definitely more of a running uh, game for the Bengals. They're going to mix and match, get uh, Bernard in there. Green will do his business. On the Ertz, other side of the ball, Ertz coming out party. Who is Ertz going to show? Have a coming out party? Who? Eifert, you mean? Eifert, sorry. Eifert, yeah, yeah, no. Eifert, I, damn. You know, I, he could. He he could have some decent play in this game. I just don't know if he's going to be needed all that much in this one. But you can definitely do some damage um, here against Oakland. Uh, when it comes to the tight end position, I mean they gave up you know double digit touchdowns last year. The tight end position is only you know nine, eight, nine teams that that allowed that many. Uh, so I mean he could definitely have a, a good game in this one. I do. I think it's going to be a world beater. No, but God, it wouldn't shock me if he put up you know tight end one numbers this week. Uh, but on the uh, other side of the ball, what, what do you think is going to happen there? I think Latavius gets a, a lot of run personally. Uh, that uh, Cincinnati pasty was one of the best in the league last year. I still think it's going to be one of the better ones, if not the, one of the best in the league. Again, this year, very tough passing against them. I think it's going to be tough uh, for Amari Cooper in his first game. I know that he's going to get Don't a... dash D-Rex's dreams. <laughs> no, it's just... It, it, listen, Cooper's going to have a phenomenal career, and I think he's going to have a phenomenal year. It's just this is a tough team to go against in his first game. I think that Latavius gets off and running, that Cincinnati rush D... Uh, was not all that. As a matter of fact, they were one of the worst ones in the league last year. So I think they get Latavius uh, off and running. I mean, we'll see. You're talking about either using a a rookie wide receiver and a has-been... Never was? No, Michael Crabtree, I want to say never was. One season was? Yeah, one season was, an (laughs) overhyped type of guy, type of was. Um, I think that they just start off being at home and everything, trying to run that ball a little bit. And So I think Murray has a pretty good game. I love Murray this week. I think he's in a lot of my DFS lineups. Not very expensive. The question is, is Geno Atkins at defensive tackle going to be the player of old? Or is he going to be the player he was last year, which was not very good? No. If he's the player of old, this rush defense is entirely different. And this defense as a whole is entirely different. True. Uh, two seasons ago, they were one of the better, you know, or tougher matchups for fantasy uh, def- or for fantasy players to go against both in the pass and the run game. They were just like a top 10 unit all around. Um, So if he can get back to playing the way he's played in previous years, he's going to have a chance to slow Latavius Murray down. But, you know, those linebackers are all pretty uh, beat up. I don't think Burfick's playing in this game. Uh, He seems to be beat up every day now. Uh, And and then the other guys, don't don't they have a Clay Matthews there now? Or no, AJ AJ Hawks. Excuse me. That's yeah. my bad. <laughs> they both look the same. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, actually, I don't know if that's here. true. AJ Hawk might be the ugliest guy in the league. And <laughs> more chicks around the country want to bang uh, for Matthews, Matthews than any other player. So I don't know if they look the same to any female. Hey, straight male eyes here. All I see is long, <laughs> long, 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 long hair. That's all it is. <laughs> straight male eyes. Oh, my God. Nice. So, yeah, I, I still like an Amari Cooper, though. Uh, there's lots of different corners these guys can throw at him, though. Uh, he's going to be on the field a lot. You know, should get those screen-type passes. Could He's just going to be involved in the offense. He is their passing it. 
I, I do really like a Michael Rivera this week, uh, especially with Walford, I think, officially ruled out as of now. Um, yeah, he, he was just consistent from like week eight on. You know, Derek Carr sort of relies on him. He's, he's a decent streaming option or a low-cost option in DFS. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's go on to the next game, and that's the last game in the afternoon, and that's the Ravens at the Broncos. This is a big powerhouse. Two teams going up against each other. Let's start with Manning. Uh, you know, all the talk is, oh, every, every week is something new. No feeling in his fingertips. Uh, you got scouts coming out like crazy and saying just what, from what they've seen in practices and from what they've seen in the preseason that his uh, arm strength is just completely diminished from where it was. Does that matter? Does it matter with Peyton Manning? Or is, it, is this going to be another dink and dunk situation where he's not going to be able to do uh, the, the deep ball kind of like he was able to get to Emmanuel at, at points in the last couple of years? What do you, what do you think? Well, I, I, it matters, yes, but I don't think that that's what takes away from his, his fantasy goodness. What takes away from, from his uh, fantasy numbers this year is the, the offensive change. And the, the reason why they, part of the reason why they made this offensive change is because John Elway understands um, what it's like to be an aging quarterback. And that's what he was given when he was getting up there in age. He was given an insane running game, uh, a game plan where he wouldn't have to depend on his arm the entire game to try and win things. So that's what they're going to do with Manning. I mean, they've become really good friends, and that's what he's going to do for his fellow future Hall of Famer. Um, they, he treats him right. So he's, he's given him a good running game to go with here, a good run game plan. And uh, C.J. Anderson's going to have you know a, a studly season because of it, especially in, in this particular game. Um, there's I think there's a couple guys on Detroit, on uh, Baltimore that are hurt actually. That's going to make this even better for for C.J. Anderson. Um, but the reason why uh, Manning's arm strength isn't going to make that much of a difference is because his the game plan, even the game plan they had last year, didn't depend on him throwing the ball you know 50 yards in the air. A lot of the stuff that he would get would be because Demarius Thomas can take a five-yard hitch or a, a you know just a screen pass behind the line to the house, and they would because you know they have really good blocking tight ends that can move out there and, and make the good blocks. They have good blocking uh, uh, receivers. They have a, just a really quick offense, and because Manny's so smart, he understands when to call certain plays. That's what makes him so good nowadays. Not because he's had an awesome arm by any means. It's the game plan, his smarts, and the way that the players on the field are used. So, I, I mean, that's my take on it. Yeah, I mean, Timmy Jernigan's going to be out for the Ravens. Yes, He's one of yeah, those yeah. elite, uh, oh, very good run defenders. He's not one of the elite guys who can stop it all on his own. Uh, I think C.J. Anderson's got to be involved in this game. I think without Haloti Nada, without Timmy Jernigan, he's going to be fine. You don't have to worry about this being the Ravens of past years. Uh, I think C.J. Mosley's still a great run defender. Uh, you know, Terrell Suggs is a great run defender, but I'm not sure who up front is going to be their guy who can you know just destroy the inside of an offensive line like in years past. I think C.J. Anderson will be fine, uh, and then the receivers. You know, this the the Ravens are going to get guys back. They're getting Jimmy Smith back. They're getting hopefully a better a better Ladarius Webb back. He was sort of you know banged up and used to be a very effective player. Used to it be was one of the better corners in the one league. of the better corners, and now it was awful last year. Yep. So if they can get that back, 
they won't be one of the worst pass defenses that they were against wide receivers last year. Uh, they got absolutely torched down the stretch. They were one of those guys who were looking for every, each in and every week as a matchup play. Uh, if they get those guys back healthy, it could really help their defense. But I think everybody will be fine. I, it, Peyton will just get the guys the ball where they need to get the ball. Uh, it's going to be that type of game. But I think the real interesting part is on the other side. You know, uh, Brashad Perriman's out. You know, who else is going to step up at wide receiver? Is it Kamar Aiken? Is it Marlon Brown? Is it Michael Campanero? You know, there, there's all these guys there that are maybe nobody worth starting in fantasy. So that means you got to start Steve Smith because he is a week one dominator. I think over the last six years, he has averaged six and a half catches for 103 yards and a touchdown a game. And last time I checked, that's pretty fucking good. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and without, and without uh, a, a, you know, a real receiver on the other side, I wouldn't call Kamar Aiken anything that a defense is going to worry about. It, he's going to get 15 targets in this game. There's just no doubt about it. It's a Tressman offense. It's a lot of targets to go around, and Steve Smith's going to get a ton of them. Uh, don't get me wrong, I think Aiken's actually going to be a decent play in this one because he'll, he'll get targets as well. But the fact of the matter is, this Denver defense is actually really good. And it's going to be tough to do much of anything against them. you got Forsett back there who's going to get a lot of play. He's going to get a lot of dump-offs. Uh, he's going to play the Matt Forte role from last year, which is a good time. But can he handle it all? The thing is, is that Baltimore's backfield, other than Forsett at this point, you're looking at a, a Buck Allen who's... A, uh, a rookie who didn't get much time in preseason because of injuries. Looked like crap when he was Kind of looked like crap when he was in there. Uh, Talia Farrow, who's going to be out for this game. Uh, Tufant uh, was just let go of. So, I mean, I, I can't remember who the the, fourth, the other guy is who they have there right now. It's going to be the fourth set show, basically, in this one. And I don't see him doing a whole hell of a lot. I, I don't see Baltimore having a very good game this one. Flacco usually... Plays a lot better at home than he does on the road. He, I think it's like 76% or something of his interceptions, or even higher than that, are thrown on the road as compared to home. He is ter- it, it just it doesn't add up to a very good game for the Ravens. Uh, Max Williams, their stud rookie tight end, isn't up to speed. Will Barry be playing in this game? Uh, it'll be a crock at Gilmore. And Gilmore actually might do some... Uh, some damage in this one, to be honest. Denver is, was not very good against the tight ends last year. Haven't been for a couple of years. So Crockett Gilmer, strangely, uh, could have a few good few good plays in this one. I, w- I wouldn't take the chance and go starting him over anybody. And I doubt actually anybody has him on their team. But, <laughs> but Gilmore's a sneaky play in this one. Uh, if you have like barely any money left in your idea, in your daily leagues, he might be a you know a throw a dart and stick you know hope it sticks. <laughs> that's that's my call. If you have no money left in your bank account, <laughs> <laughs> this might be your last hope. Um, the one thing Denver did sort of struggle with against running backs is dump off dump off passes. Yeah, yeah they had the third most uh, you know receiving yards allowed to running backs. Uh, and gave up six uh, receiving touchdowns, which was the third most in the league there, too. So, you know, if you're looking for a guy, you know, Justin Forsett, and tied for the most receptions to running backs, they just struggled with the passing game I don't, to the running backs. So, yeah, Forsett's a decent play here. He won't be great in the run game. So I, I hope he's great in the pass game and proves me wrong because I've never seen it. <laughs> 
Yeah. That well, that's the thing. Can he catch? So let's see. Let's see what goes on. That's the beauty about being here, sitting right on the eve of uh, you know these great games and, and, and a new season. Is there's so many unknowns, and we know that so many things happen from from the draft moment and your draft boards and the draft room and the guys that go till the end of the season. There are so many duds and so many surprises and so many just guys that come out of nowhere, and it's just super exciting to sit here as we've been working all off season. As you know, we do this Pyro podcast all year round. We're, we, I think we did one four days after the Super Bowl last year. We are not messing around. It is a year round. Uh, it's a year round deal if you want to be winning championships. I'm telling you. So we deliver that kind of goods. But it's just so awesome just to God to have a whole slate of games. I mean, ah man, I'm like a pervert in a porno shop right now. All right, giggity 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 goo giggity giggity. I love that guy. Should we move on to um, the Sunday Night in America game? Oh, yeah. I mean, All right. We got 8.30, and um, we got the Giants at the Cowboys. What an old rivalry. Lots of uh, lots of excitement there. It seems like this one could be... All these last three games, seems like they could be a lot of scoring. And a lot of fantasy points uh, being birthed out of these last three games. But the Giants at Cowboys. Manning just got, uh, just got paid, as we thought would happen. Uh, what's going to happen here? Uh, Cruz, from what we were reading today, which is crazy, Cruz hasn't even been running yet from what they're saying. Yeah, that calf, uh, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say about the Victor Cruz at this point. He could be out for another three, four weeks. Hopefully you grabbed Ruben Randall. That's all, I guess that's all I can say. Yeah, I wonder who told you to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I got him on my team. I got him both, just in case. But and Ruben Randall should be, if you're looking for another DFS low-cost option, he's a guy to look for. Uh, personally, I loaded my lineups up with the likes of Des Bryant and Julio Jones, uh, both you know top receiving options. Uh, one of the hardest matchups I have to play this week is deciding between Sam Bradford and Tony Romo. And me and Dog talked about this a little bit. It's so close. How do you decide? Do you play the safety or do you play the upside uh, of the high-cost game? Uh, so we'll talk about both those quarterbacks here in the next couple minutes. Talking of Tony Romo, he just owns the you know Giants. Always sort of has owned the Giants in his career. Just a very efficient guy against the Giants, including last season. So, you know, he's a great play. You know, he's one of the top five options at the position this weekend. You know, then there's Des Bryant. He owns the Giants in his career. He owned them last season. Um, there's just there's just so much fancy goodness in this game. Yeah, and, you know, especially with the uh, the question marks at the running back position with the Randall and the and the McFadden situation. I, I I mean, Romo is obviously going to be the the man in this one. They're going to be passing the ball around a bunch. I think, from what I hear, Randall's probably going to get the start now. But if he doesn't do the job in the first series, they'll give it to McFadden. If he does the job, they'll give him another series. If he doesn't do the job in the second series, they'll give it to McFadden. If McFadden doesn't do the job, they'll go back to Randall. It's, I, mean, I don't want to say that that's a situation to avoid because they both can do well because the Giants aren't very good on defense at all either way. But the ones you really want on your team in this one are Romo, Des Bryant. It uh, wouldn't shock me if... Uh, Beasley got a bunch of little, you know, little dump off passes. He's a guy who can uh, catch the quick little slants, the little little button hooks, the little outs, the little sideline passes. He could he can get himself five six catches in this one and put up some decent PPR points. 
Terrence Williams, however, for some reason, d- never does anything against the Giants. Ever. Uh, so, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the type of guy that you want to avoid. It looks like it's a great matchup for him, but it's not. He just doesn't play well against the Giants. Yeah, everybody's talking about how great it is of a matchup for Terrence Williams, but he's never done anything against them in his career. He has one career touchdown in four games, and outside of that, like 70 combined yards. Yeah. It's awful. Avoid Terrence Williams. He's not a guy you want to look for this week. But, you know, talking about Tony Romo again. 273 and three touchdowns, one interception in the first game. 275 and four touchdowns in the second game against the Giants last season. Two of his better games all around, and that was with a, you know, potentially devastating DeMarco Murray. So, he was very efficient. They didn't really need him to throw much in those games. Now he probably will be called upon to throw more. Um, Jason Witten is a dominator against the Giants. He's got like 100 career catches against the Giants, uh, which is just insane. Um, You know, Romo's got 2-to-1 career touchdown-interception ratio. Pretty much gets, you know, two touchdowns a game. Uh, Will be that, you know, he... When they played last season, I think uh, it was another NBC Sunday night game, and they just played the the line clock, how long Tony Romo could stand there before throwing the ball, and it was like eight seconds before he had to let go of the ball, and that was with Jason Pierre-Paul, who is fingerless and you know <laughs> back in Florida right now. Yeah. Um, so Tony Romo's gonna have all day to throw. And Des Bryant is an absolute dominator against those guys. I like everything about the Cowboys. Um, ten career games against you know the Giants. Five catches for 80 yards, and he scored you know six touchdowns. Uh, last season he was even better, catching 16 passes of, or, out of 21 targets for 237 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, 15 fantasy points in each game. So he's one of the safest, safest plays you can make. Uh, in sort of a DFS lineup, in a you know any lineup you drafted him, you're going to play him anyways. And this is the week you're going to love having Des Bryant in the lineup. Jason Witten, um, yeah, like you were saying, I think Jason Witten's a great play this week as well. I mean, he just dominates the the Giants. I think that I don't know if it was last year, or two years ago, but he had like two. Both the games he played against him were both like two touchdown games. So that's the, I mean, and that's the way he plays against him. Going on the other side of the ball, um, can I just throw something in? Sure. Yeah. Uh, his averages against the Giants in his career. Five five catches, 52 and a half yards, and 11 touchdowns in 24 career games. So he's good for like 50, five catches, 50. He's going to get you 10 points at PPR, potentially a touchdown. Yeah, and then that, which is big for, for tight ends. Uh, he's a great play for you this week. I uh, wouldn't even debate, you know, if you have Witten. And, I mean, outside of those top four guys, you know, you're talking Gronk, Graham, Kelsey, and, and Olsen. This week, uh, you probably have Witten and some other mid-lane guy in your team. If you do, you know, if you have one of the top four guys, it's tough not to play them. But Witten's the one to choose over your other mid-lane guy. Cool. Going on the other side, though. The other side, I think, is a little tougher. It's uh, I, all right. So there's Rashad Jennings, who I am never, I've never been a big fan of, and I will never have him on any of my fantasy teams because he can't make it past eight games any any single year. But this is actually a good matchup for him. Um, it seems like he's going to get the rock a bunch in this one. I think that Eli and, and the Giants are going to try and keep it out of, out, out of Dallas's hands. So it wouldn't be a shock if he was used, you know, generously in this one. However, once they get behind you a little bit, it's going to be the Odell Beckham show. 
I think Odell is going to come out off and running. They're going to, you know, Dallas is going to do whatever they can to stop him, but uh, they're not going to be able to, if you ask me. I think Eli's going to have a pretty decent game thrown to him. Ruben Randall should get his targets as well. Uh, the sneaky play here is Larry Donnell. Uh, Donnell should get uh, a bunch of targets in this one. Dallas is not very good against tight ends. Um, I know that Donnell is not a sexy pick, and I'm not a big fan of his this entire year. But in this particular game, because the Giants are going to be down and they're going to need to have to throw a little bit more, um, he's going to get the he's going to get a bunch of targets and could end up doing pretty well with them. Yeah, I, I agree on the uh, Larry Donnell ODB to sort of try and bury it with Ruben Randall this week. I like them all. ODB destroyed the Cowboys last season. Mm-hmm. 14 of 18 for 180 yards and four scores. Yeah. And that's two touchdowns in each game. Uh, so you know he's a threat to score at any time. This could be a huge game. Let's talk about all the people Dallas you know, is sort of without this week. You know, Greg Hardy, suspension. Um, you know, other guys they lost due to injury. Uh, you know, what, C.O. Moore signed somewhere else. And then they lost Orlando Scandrick for the season, yeah, who was, was their huge. top corner top last corner. season. That's huge. Uh, you know, that leaves them with, you know, the uh, pick from LSU, uh, who's been disappointing. Lake Collins. No. No. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking about the Giants. My bad. You're talking about the offensive side of the Giants. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, talking about the defensive back from LSU, top yeah, top. Why can't I remember his name right now? It's gonna know, piss me off the rest of the day. Uh, Give me a second. Please edit. <laughs> <laughs> We're not editing. Let's go. Yeah, no, uh, I mean, uh, but, Car, not Brandon Carr. No, no, uh, Brandon no, Claiborne. Carr. Claiborne. Yeah, Maurice Claiborne. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know, Brandon Carr is their top corner now. Uh, Maurice Claiborne. Either of those guys, you know, pretty much got roasted all last season. Yeah. So whoever is on ODB, you know, play them. Like I'm doing everything I can to find a way to have money to play Julio ODB and Des Bryant in one one FanDuel lineup because I think that could be you know a world. Beat. Name that one again. ODB Des and who? Julio. Julio. All right. Yeah. That's a good one. That one out. I'm yeah. writing some of these DFS guys down because. I'm going to be spending a lot of money on DFS today. <laughs> I already have been. <laughs> yeah. I, w- I did one last night, but uh, I'm going to have some fun today. I'm going to I'm going to test test the waters here. Yeah, I'm and if I really shit the bed, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to take taper it back for for the future weeks. <laughs> uh, don't be surprised if Dallas doubles ODB all game long, though. It proved to work pretty well in the preseason against him. Uh, he was having real trouble. Uh, beating the double teams and it was getting really frustrated when it was happening to him. Uh, so it wouldn't sh- it wouldn't shock me if Dallas doubled him. But th- to be quite honest, as we were just talking about that, I don't even think they have the personnel to be able to cover him doubly and have it work. That they they just they're they're beat up to the point where it's uh, it's going to be easy pickings for him. And even Ruben Randall should have a pretty decent week too. Cool. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Oh, God, that game is going to be sweet. Yeah. It really sucks when it's a shite ball Sunday night game. True. And True. you're like, you're all fired up. It's over. And then you're like, ah, oh, it's this one. But we got a nice one on uh, on week one slate. So sweet, sweet times. Now even sweeter, Monday night football. Double deuce. Double down. A set of double Ds. We are having a good time here on the 14th Monday night. First game is going to be Eagles down in Atlanta playing the Falcons. I'd say that the previous game we talked about and this game 
are about as uh, lethal of weapons of fantasy football points being delivered to owners as you could have possibly imagined. So, uh, where do you guys want to start? You want to start on the, the Falcon side or the Eagles side? Which bird? Pick a bird. Well, it, you know what? I, it, it doesn't matter. I think you can talk about them all at the same time. Okay, go for it. I, We're going to do a thumbball here? The thing is, this, is, this game is going to have the most plays run maybe ever in any game. <laughs> uh, first of all, Chip Kelly, obviously, that offense, just they run so many plays and so quickly. That's, that's a first and foremost. But usually the other team will try and slow it down a little bit. The problem is that the Falcons have absolutely nothing to slow it down with. Either you have your Tevin Coleman who will get stuffed at the line and the play will be over real quick. Or he'll run it for 80 yards and a touchdown and it'll be over real quick. So (laughs) it'll always go back and forth, back and forth. There'll be a ton of passing this game um, if if it's complete. It'll be a long one. They'll get up to the line. They'll run another play. It's just going to be just so much goodness in this game. Um, you were talking about Bradford or Romo. Romo may have himself an outstanding game. I would almost take the chance on Bradford just blowing up for just a massive amount of points in this one. It's really tough. That's a really tough call because I, on my big money league team, uh, as You've going up against the direction, I have the exact same call. Am I starting Romo or am I starting Bradford? Here's the thing. I think Romo has the ability to score more passing touchdowns. And I'll, I'll give you a little yeah. reason why. Because I, I think DeMarco Murray has a chance to you know gash this true. defense. Uh, I, I'm not so sold on the Dallas run def, uh, run offense being able to score as much as this Philly run offense. Uh and that's what might be the edge for me. It, it's it's super close. You're looking at everything. Who's got the ability to throw for more yards? Eh, pretty even on both sides. Who's got the ability to throw for more touchdowns? Tony Romo slightly. You know, who's going to throw less interceptions? You know, probably Bradford. On the flip side, Atlanta can score a lot more. Atlanta's at home. Philly might have to be playing catch-up. Yeah. It's possible. I mean, the over-unders, um, the two games we're talking about here are 55 points for the uh, the bird game, and then the Sunday night matchup is fifty one, which are the two highest of the weekend. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think that um, the Pittsburgh New England game was also at fifty one at one point. It might have dropped a half point or two, uh, something like that, at one point. But that was surprising to me. I would have taken the under on that one without a doubt. Uh, strangely, it was really close. It ended up being forty nine points, mm-hmm. but I would have definitely taken the under on fifty one. But uh, to go back to your point here, if da- Dallas could get up early. And just could start to try and see, you know, after they get up early, let's see if Randall can handle this. Let's see if McFadden, McFadden can handle this. You know, especially with that with that offensive line, they may just be like, yeah, let's, let's see what we got here with these running backs. And maybe, you know, lay off of Romo a little bit. That's a possibility. The Giants could, of course, keep up with them because... Well, remember what game we're on here, guys. Yeah, sorry. It's just, <laughs> no, but going back to the Eagles-Falcons game, it's just that the Falcons are, are lethal on offense as well. They have the potential to score, especially with... I, I'm loving them using a Leonard Hankerson as their third receiver now. Um, I'm a big fan of that call. He's got jets. He's a, bi- he's a big guy. Uh, Roddy White's back now. I love that three-wide receiver lineup. They could be trotting out there in Jones... Uh, Roddy White and Hankerson. That's that's formidable. I mean, that's a you, it's tough to keep up with those guys. Uh, so that that'll be uh, that'll be fun to watch. I don't know. In the end, I, because I had a solid game out of Antonio Brown, I'm going Sam Bradford. Okay. 
That's that's my that's that's just my personal. Old girl of the week. <laughs> what you, uh, so what what happens with the wide receivers here? For, Let's. I want to talk quickly. He's, he's oh, you, he's you, okay, you the go. top wide receiver for dog this week. Uh, you know, I agree. You know, Philly there a lot this year. Philly gave up the most points to opposing wide receivers last season. I think they gave up like the most yards, most touchdowns, most everything. They weren't even close to most of these other teams. Yep. Uh, with the pace of that their offense plays, they're always on the field a lot. They, you know, their corners are suspect. They went out and signed what Byron Maxwell for like seventy-five mil. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that's going to be money well spent in week one. A six-foot corner against a six-foot-three Julio Jones, who is bigger, faster, stronger than he is, can jump higher. You know, just any way in the situation, and Julio dominates coming out of the gates in four career games. 30, uh, 30, 25 catches on 33 targets, 371 yards, and three touchdowns. He's just a monster in week one. Um, you know, Dan Quinn's the head coach of you know, Atlanta coming over from Seattle. If anybody knows Byron Maxwell's limitations in coverage, it is going to be him. They are going to get the ball to Julio early, often, and he's going to be able to go off. And the Shanahan uh, offense that they run gears towards throwing to one guy, and that guy's going to be Julio. It's more of a let's let's punch it to our main man uh, and get him rolling. So Julio is obviously just a, a phenomenal call in this one. I think the biggest question marks there in, in Atlanta land is Tevin Coleman. Can I mean can he handle being the main guy there? Uh, you know, Devonta Freeman's coming off that injury. They're both coming off injuries, but Tevin got back quicker. So he's going to have the, the, the main down roll. Devonta will mix in. It turns out he's got healthy enough where he's going to be playing this week. But I think they're going to check out and see what Tevin can do, first and foremost. And we'll see. I, I, it's an interesting call. Neither one of them, I think, are playable this week. They're both uh, at least, uh, you know, at best a flex, a flex play for me, you know, for, for Tevin Coleman. I can't play a Devonta Freeman, obviously, this week. So, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. He's a rookie going into a huge, huge Monday night game. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how he handles it. We'll see how he handles it. Sometimes those opportunities, just like you get that you get that burst and you get that big play, and then you never hear from the player again. But, <laughs> strangely, the Eagles front seven is actually pretty good. You know, they're underrated. I think it'll be tough, tough, tough going for him in the first, uh, in the first game of his career here. So, I mean, I would lay off of uh, Tevin Coleman. I know there's going to be some lovers out there, some haters, people who don't give a shit either way. You've been all over. You're like you're like bipolar with that I'm guy. I'm totally bipolar season. with this guy. <laughs> I really am. I'll admit it. I hate that guy. I've never seen him make And then you're warming up to him. A few I'm weeks ago, you were... Sorry, I'm not sorry. <laughs> Name the movie. Uh, Trish Kalamanda. No, no. Oh, damn. Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure. Oh, okay, okay. I think there's <laughs> also a... God, I didn't rattle that yeah, one. Somebody so gave what me you, that. What do you think of Roddy White's health? And then I've got a different sort of deep question for you. Roddy White's health. Um, first of all, he's he's a veteran who knows what the hell he's doing. I'm not worried about uh, him you know, being out of the mix for a little bit. He'll be just fine out there on the field. The question is, is how much he'll, he'll play. Um, he'll get... Basically normal reps, I, I believe, but I don't think, and it, I think it's more dependent upon this offense. I don't think he'll be getting uh, wide receiver two type of reps the way that he normally would. It's an offense that gears more towards 
throwing towards one receiver. So I think Roddy's going to be falling a little bit more than people realize simply because of the way the offense is going to be run. That's uh, that's my call on this. What about Jacob Tammy? No well, go. <laughs> no, I no. I, listen, the Eagles are actually they're really good against tight ends. So I, I don't see Tammy doing all that much in this one. He also just came up with a slight injury in that uh, last preseason game. Back injury, yeah. Yeah, so um, that's, that's not going to help. Do I like him for the year? They let go of Moyaki. So it's going to be Tammy there. I, I, I do like what he can do because he's a steady veteran presence. Um, it should be interesting. I, I, he's not going to be the end-all, be-all. I wouldn't go run and pick him up. But he, it's a steadying force. He's got a... He's going to have a better role than uh, Toy Toy Lolo. I mean, the six foot eight monster is definitely getting better. But I think Tammy, with his veteran presence out there, especially with the uh, you know dynamic receiver core that they have, I think that he's going to be steady, but nothing special. You got Toy Lolo right. Yeah, you did good. I I don't say certain names like that one (laughs) because I get them wrong. I don't even go to I don't even go to Sue. I don't even say his name like the number ninety on uh, whatever team he's on. What do you what do you call it? Uh, Yeah, they've got Kiko Alonso now, who in his rookie year was a great coverage linebacker. Mm -hmm. So that's something to look forward to in that Eagles defense. I think all their linebackers are great coverage guys. Michael Kendricks, uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, you know, those guys are all awesome coverage guys. So they should be good at defending the tight ends there. For sure. Um, flipping over to the other side, Jordan Matthews, Nelson Aguilar. Uh, getting a lot of should we play Aggie questions this week. And, yeah, you probably should if, he, if he's your third wide receiver. You know, potentially low end wide receiver too. But he's he's a guy who could have a big game. But, if you know, if there's a different option... For you, if there's a Steve Smith who's a veteran presence and you want to see it first, I won't hold that against you. Yeah, uh, agreed. I mean, it, it, the Falcons could be beat any which way. I mean, they, they don't have a great defense, obviously. Everybody knows that. Um, Desmond Trufant will, you know, do his best uh, out there to, uh, to to cover Matthews. But Matthews is is kind of all over the place. He's not a guy that's you could throw one on ones on and 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 hope for the best to cover the guy. So, uh, Matthews should have a really, really nice game. I do believe that Aguilar will mix in there and get a, a really good line himself. There's just going to be a lot of love in this game. So, anybody that you have on these two teams, it would be worthwhile playing them, in my opinion. That's Ertz is a game-time decision. What do you guys think? Is he playing or not? I would not. I can't risk it. I would because, not risk well, it. Well, is he playing in the game? It, at that point, it doesn't matter. It's Monday night. Who else are you going to play? I mean... The later game, you've got Kyle Rudolph and Vernon Davis, who are most likely owned in all your leagues. So if Ertz sits out, what are you going to do? Pick up Jacob Tamia and play him? Like, you have to play somebody else Saturday. Like, Sunday. Or Sunday. You have to play somebody else earlier in the week, or else you're just going to shoot yourself in the foot. Yeah, and not just, not just that. Um, Atlanta's actually really good against tight ends. Uh, they just... They don't, they don't allow the tight ends to do a whole hell of a lot. Because they allow Be- everybody else to bend them over. Exactly. <laughs> it, but the tight end position has a tough time. Either way, he's coming back off an They would be easing him in anyway. Selleck is an every-down tight end. I would not be playing Ertz this week, no. All right. Uh, should we move on to the next game, fellas? Sure thing. Oh, we didn't really talk about DeMarco. What's your plan with DeMarco oh. and uh, Ryan Matthews? Oh, boy. I, I think DeMarco gets fed this week. Agreed. Uh, uh, I think he's able to do whatever he wants. I think he gets... You know, I think this could be a great, great DeMarco Murray type game. Um, I don't, I'm not sure quite where Doug has him ranked, but I'm sure it's up there in the top ten. It's up there in the top five. To top be four. Honest. I got him at four. The thing uh, is, yeah, they'll uh, they'll they'll 
they'll hand him the ball, they'll pass him the ball too. People forget or don't quite realize the guy's awesome uh, out of the backfield catching that ball and, and doing something with it. Uh, so he's good. He's going to get a lot of play one way or another. This could be a two touchdown game. I mean, if they're just going up and down the field, up and down the field. Now this could be a game where he's in there at the five yard line and he's getting those first attempts. You know, at the red zone cracks. Yeah. One thing to check out is check us out on Facebook.com forward slash Pyromaniac. I posted last night a great article about the play calling mastermind um, of, of, of Chip Kelly. And man, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read it. It's like a, it's like a Vanity Fair expose. I started reading it. I didn't realize. <laughs> By the end, it was like an hour and 15 minutes later. I'm like, holy crap, dude. This is the longest, <laughs> is the longest article I've read about football in my life. Uh, I swear to God, though, you guys got to check it out. It is, it is, real, it is really, really awesome. And just I'll, to I'll see get him the cliff over notes. the last 20 years and where he's come from and the way that he's just like, he's all offense. He's always writing up plays. He's always the other coaches and offensive gurus that he's be- befriended and talked football with. This guy, Chip Kelly, I, I I, I wasn't so hot on him when it started, um, but man, he's just he's just bringing something dynamic to the NFL. Welcome to the club. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. It's, it's it's awesome. So really excited for that game as well. Yes, I'm so psyched. Yes, <laughs> can't wait to leave work early on Monday. Um, so cool. All right, let's go to the last game. Vikings are going to be in Levi Stadium playing the 49ers. Let's start with Teddy Bridgewater. I'll start with the guy that you think could be a, an up-and-coming superstar. Um, what what happens in this team? Obviously, the Niners are not what they once were. Yeah, the, the first and foremost, the Niners aren't what they once were. That defense is going to be beatable uh, each and every week. So the way that the forty, uh, the way that the Vikings choose to do it will be interesting. Um, I think with Norv Turner. And his offense, raring to go, he couldn't wait for AP to get back so he can run it correctly and run it the way that he really wants to. Not just AP, but also Kyle Rudolph. And having a couple dynamic receivers out there as well with a, a, a bigger, fast uh, Charles Johnson and a super fast you know, Mike Wallace, this is just going to be a lot of fun. And they just, they just re-signed a Jarius Wright to a four-year contract. They want to keep him around for a long time as a slot receiver. Uh, this is just, it's going to be fun to watch, and it's going to be interesting to see how this Norv Turner offensive old, if you remember those old Chargers offenses with, with Gates and Floyd and Vincent Jackson and, and or uh, Daniel Tomlinson out there running all over the place, catching balls, catching 100 balls, you know, rushing for 1,500 yards. This is going to be fun to watch. I'm seriously interested to see how this works out for them. Good it's a good matchup. It's a it's a good fun matchup to watch in this first one with the 49ers, very prideful team, uh, you know, wanting to at home to prove, hey, just because, you know, we lost uh, all these players, everyone, we, everyone, <laughs> we're still a prideful team. We can still hang with uh, with everyone. these guys. It, I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen here. I love AP this week. I'll just say that. The one thing I, I have against AP is I'm. Looking forward to seeing Navarro Bowman come back. You know, to, like a long time removed from that injury in the playoffs a couple years ago. So now he rested all up last year. Now he's coming back. So we'll see him. We'll see what he's able to do. We'll see if he's still the same player he was. He's he looked, looked great. He looked great in the preseason. Yes. Uh, Navarro Bowman is like uh, Tom Hanks from Castaway. He comes back from being a god. Everyone is like, "What the hell happened? My wife is remarried. She's got kids. Like this, this is a whole different. This is a whole. Who what ha- what you? happened around Who here? Who the fuck are you? Yeah, what's going on? We were a great team. I had some real stout uh, 
teammates here on this defense. What happened to all these guys? Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> what else? Uh, what else do we want to talk about? With um, do you have a AP ranked number one? No, I no, I got him number two. Uh, I got him number two at this point. I think Jeremy Hill is going to have just a, an off the charts game. Uh, but AP is right there. AP is right there, and I think he's going to come out of the gates roaring. He is the type of guy, and I've mentioned a million times and, uh, on the podcast, and I mentioned to every friend who ever asked me, he's the type of guy that when he, it's like, it's like what Tom Brady did. It, it's exactly what he did. When he's done, when something goes wrong in his career, in his life, or whatever, he comes back doubly hard to prove everybody else wrong. He makes sure that you remember, I'm the best. And that's what he's going to do. When he was out for that entire year with the, the, the injury, the torn three ligaments in his knee, comes back and he rushes for 2,000, uh, seven, 2,097 yards, like second most all the time. He, uh, he had a down year one time. He came back and rushed, rushed for 1,800 yards and 15 touchdowns or something like that. The guy just knows how to prove his detractors right or uh, wrong. And that's just, I, you depend on it. And I know never to doubt him again. And I'm backing him 100% this year. He's going to be phenomenal. Let's go to the 49er side of the ball, though, because it's going to be interesting to see what's happening there. Carlos Hyde, what, what do you think on him there, Stags? I mean, we got to see how this offensive line meshes together. Uh, giant question marks everywhere on the right side from center all the way over. Uh, they better run left a lot because that left side still got some players on it, still got some ballers out there. Carlos Hyde has looked great in the preseason. Borderline great. Okay, very good. We'll give him good. Uh, I don't want to be throwing out great too much here. Yeah. <laughs> get, very good. Get, get throwing up my hyperbole like dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, there's tons of different ways this game could go. Should I be saying fuck you? <laughs> <laughs> he, said it, he said it right. He should be. Yeah. So Carlos Hyde, you know, has a chance. I mean, this is... He's probably a borderline running back, too. Uh, probably a preferred starting option for some teams there. You know, they weren't that great against the run last season, but was that be- between the tackles, or was that more due to the what they gave up in the pass game? I think the pass game was a big, big part of it. So I'm sort of looking for the Vikings uh, to be able to hold him down and not let him have a great game, but could he have, like, 80 yards rushing and a touchdown? Sure. I don't know what else is going to happen in this game. I don't see the receivers going off. You know, Torrey Smith going up against uh, a big corner like Xavier Rhodes uh, should hamper him a little bit. And then they've got just so many other question marks that I want to see the 49ers do it before I invest a lot in this offense. Bolden's going to be peppered, not salty. He's going to be peppered in this game, and he usually is. he comes out of the gate strong with that first couple in a first game. He's a steady, steady force. Colin knows him. He's gonna, he's gonna trust in him in this game for sure. I think Reggie Bush could end up getting some good play in this one. Forty uh, er I mean the uh, the Vikings rush defense gave up a lot of receptions to running backs last year. Reggie's not done. You know he's maybe he's somewhat forgotten. I, I agree, and maybe you know. He should reason. be, yeah, for a good reason. But he's going to catch pass, and they're gonna, he's going to need to catch pass in this game. I think Minnesota ends up going up. Uh, I don't want to say it's going to be quickly. I think this is going to be a slower-type game. It's not going to be very exciting. Uh, but Minnesota's going to go up. 49ers are going to have to uh, open up the offense a little bit. Uh, so I think Reggie Bush ends up having a, a, a little bit better game than you think. And I think Hyde actually t- ends up taking a bit more of a back seat. 
Um, he'll start off early, but he will fade a little bit later. The only thing I'm mad about is I'm playing AP in a couple leagues this week, and I'd like to be a bet at halftime, so hopefully I'm up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a good call. What do, you, what, do you live in New York? Why would you want to be bed by halftime? It, it starts at like 10 o'clock. Does or? it start that late? Oh, it's, it's, well, it'll start, it'll start at like 9.30 Central Time. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Hey, man. I'm, I got shit I'm to like do twice your age and I stay up four hours later than you. What the fuck? I got shit to do today. What <laughs> to do? Um, the only thing I'm doing is football. You know, the, the last things that we should probably mention in this game are the two uh, tight ends. Kyle Rudolph, I think, will have a pretty decent game in this one. Uh, I don't think that it will be an awesome game, but he is going to be used in this offense. He has stick'em hands. He uh, is a great red zone type of a tight end, so don't be surprised if he actually catches a touchdown in this one. On the flip side, people are thinking that Vernon Davis is going to have some sort of comeback season, that this is going to be his reemergence and everything. I just don't see it. I can't see him being that much better than he was last year. I know that last year... He, he was holding out, and he didn't get the practice time in, and he was a little out of shape and stuff. But he hadn't—he hasn't shown a single thing in preseason that says otherwise that he's going to come back. Did he? I think he had one reception on three <laughs> targets, and it was for two yards the whole preseason. Nothing is telling him that this guy is going to come back and be some sort of stud. And until he shows me that he will be and that he is, I'm not going to bet on it. So don't go jumping on the hype train until you until you really see it happen. Uh, it, it, and it's not showing up for me. Well, let's talk briefly about the game on Thursday. We actually are doing okay here on some time. I know you guys want to cruise out, but this is actually a, quite a fair, uh, fairly short uh, podcast. But let's quickly talk about what you guys saw in the game on Thursday. Brady obviously lighting it up, proving his naysayers wrong. Uh, Gronk, good grief. Uh, the tight end situation, did they get their Chandler? Uh, with that Chandler situation coming back there, is that their next... Uh, 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 Hernandez, uh, I don't know. I think it might be in the in the in the in the first ten yards. Uh, what else did you guys see? We could talk quickly about the, uh, the the Steelers side, Antonio Brown. Let's just do a quick overview of that. We'll get to our music, and we go. All right, plain and simple. The Patriots, as I've always said, is scheme. It's just you could plug and play anybody in those positions within that offensive scheme. That's just the way it is. Gronk's always going to dominate and because he has the perfect role for it. He's the perfect body for exactly what they do. With Brady running the, that team, it's just the way it's going to happen. It was plain and simple that Edelman was going to catch his 11 passes. I was shocked it was for 97 yards. I thought it was going to be more for like 22 yards, <laughs> you know, which is about his norm, about two yards per catch. No, but I mean, he's going to do that. That's looked the way it's gonna, good. Yeah, he did. He looked good. He looked angry. He looked uh, uh, like a man possessed out there. He looked like a little... Fucking jag that you wanted to punch in the face half the time. He was talking a lot of he was how, a lot how about, big mouth. How about Yahoo going out there and sending out uh, up injury updates that says, oh, Edelman will not be playing tonight. Tom Brady will not be uh, playing tonight against the uh, Steelers about an hour and a half before the game. They through, sent that? Through their push notifications, yeah. Oh my god. You gotta be kidding. My, my buddy texted me, he's like, dude, what do I do about Julian Edelman? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, he's not playing tonight. I'm like, where did you see that? He's like, I got a push notification from uh, Yahoo. And I'm like, he's on the field practicing right now. He's been the first one on the field, and he's playing. <laughs> it's yeah. like, Yahoo just said no. I'm like, just, just trust me. Pyro says yes. 
Just, just <laughs> trust me, calm wow. down. Like, I, I like checked Twitter. I checked everywhere. It's like, yeah, he, he's playing. Just wow. calm down. Good so, egg, so, egg, so I got about ten messages just about Julian Edelman. Like, what do I do as a fill-in for uh, Julian Edelman? And you know, it's like I guess you can pick up Dobson, but he's not, nobody's going to own him. Uh, but wow. yeah, I was like, but just, just Dobson. Had, Dobson was only on, only had like uh, he had under five snaps, I think, in the yeah. game. No, he no, he played catch. 30, 33 30, snaps. Oh, he had three. He had a few catches. Okay. No, he played thirty-three snaps. Okay. Caught one, one pass pass. on one target for nineteen yards. Yeah. Or nine yards. Oh, I was thinking about Bold. I was thinking about Bolden and the other fella, uh, Dion Lewis. Yeah. yeah, Pyro Pro, Pyro Pro League. We picked up Dion <laughs> literally an hour before. Yes. Yeah. T-Rex calls me pissed. He's like, I hate this Pyro Pro League game right now. I don't want to do it. Uh, I was so sick when we drafted. I don't, we don't even have a starting running back two this week. We've got Arian. We've got uh, Gurley. What should we do? I'm like. Dion Lewis is starting tonight. <laughs> Adam he's like, ass, he's like ass dog. I think you, I think he'll say yes. So I call him up dog. He's like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> Slotted him in there. I think he got us a nice twelve or thirteen points. Fourteen, I think. Fourteen. At the end of the day. Yes. Yeah, he was he was always ranked right up there for me. So I, I had no problem with it. Any of our other choices, he was ranked above, and it was definitely worth the shot. Anybody who could jump into that Shane Vereen role uh, and make it work, hell yeah, I'll take it. As we said before, it's a role. Yeah. And next week, the big back role will be back. Yeah. They are playing the Buffalo Bills, who are, you know, that stout defensive front. So Deion Lewis should be another good play next week. Might be a better play than LeGarrette Blunt next week. But, and, but, and now you've seen it. Now you see what they envisioned from him. You see the short area quickness he had when coming out, and you saw that. Uh, which is great, because you had no idea, almost, who it was going to be. You know, at, at the end, around week four of the preseason, we said, you know, Deion Lewis is the guy. Yeah, James White has nothing compared to what De- I saw out of Deion Lewis. Nothing compared to that. Uh, so, I mean, Belichick made the right choice. He's the exact right guy that you want for that role. Um, he looked but, like Woodhead yeah. from, a few, from three years ago. It literally looks like a, a, a quicker, faster version of Woodhead. Yeah, I'm not... I, strangely, he's, I don't think he was... Uh, he just wasn't as care. He did, wasn't as fluid and careful as as Woodhead. Woodhead seemed to. I don't know. There was something about Woodhead that like you just knew nothing was going to go wrong. The steadiness, the yes. Kevin Falkiness. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. exactly. But uh, Dion was. I don't know. He was, he was more maybe, dynamic. He, more dynamic, but made me shake in my boots a little bit more too. Good point. Uh, the fact that he did let up that fumble. Granted, it was it was recovered by Gronk. Uh, thank goodness, but. Uh, the fact that he let up that fumble, that's... We're going to have to see. He was in the next series, and I, mean, I thought he was done for the game. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But uh, they weren't going to restore in James White. He looked so bad in pads, unbelievable. And Brandon Bolden, they can't risk losing him on special teams. So he, he got some play, and he got some goal line play, but showed he could do nothing with it. So that, that was nothing. On the other side of the ball, real quick, uh, with the Steelers, it was... Here's the thing with... And I mentioned it earlier with the, the D'Angelo Williams... Did a great job, and it looked really good doing it for a while. Um, if you noticed, like I said, he looked a lot slower towards the end of the game. Uh, you, could, you could see his age kept catching up with him, and you could see the Patriots being like, oh, shit, we just we totally put in the wrong game plan. Let's change a few things up. And they slowed him down a lot better you know, towards the middle and the end of the game. But that, was a, that role, you know Le'Veon is going to run to a tee, and he's going to be awesome all year doing it. Uh, Roethlisberger looked good. 
you know, I, I wouldn't say he looked... He looked like he was missing his weapons. Yeah, he looked like he was missing uh, something. Yeah. That's true. And uh, not having Martavis Bryant there was a problem, uh, for sure. Uh, you know, Wheaton had one really awesome catch and a couple of big fuck-ups. So I mean, pre-training camp, Marcus Wheaton would have caught that diving play. Because yeah. th- the way they suck him off during the preseason, he, w- he would have caught it because that was a breadbasket. Absolutely. And, you know, Martavis Bryant would have caught that because he's faster. Martavis Bryant would have caught it in stride. He would have walked under that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, that's the thing. Martavis Bryant is going to make a huge difference for this offense. Darius Hayward Bay got, what, seven targets? Unbelievable. Eight targets. Unbelievable. And One of them was stupid as hell. Standing... <laughs> Oh, one of the, the targets? The, the, yeah, the, the, the interception. interception. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, what about his, his touchdown? He's an idiot, dude. How do you... you got to stay in bounds. You can't start You just got to stand there. You just got to stand there. What are you doing, bro? Darius Hayward Bay. What an idiot. But he did catch that first pass for like 44 yards yeah. or something, yeah. which is like, hey, Al Davis, the, the memes of Al Davis just smiling. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> I told y'all. I told y'all. But... <laughs> I'm just, I'm just waiting for Martavis Bryant to get back, and this offense will kick it into another gear. And that's week, and that's once, week five, right? Yep. And, and Bell the, is week four. No, Bell's next uh, two weeks. Two weeks. He's week, week three. three. Yeah, he'll be back week three. Spe- and to anybody, including myself, uh, I'm sorry for Josh Scobie. Wow. It's, I mean, he still put up more points than Guskowski. Uh, which is great, but uh, two missed field goals. I, I really hope that they hang on to him. They traded for him, so they kind of have to. They have to legitimize you know, giving away a, a draft pick to, to go get a guy. So they're going to keep Scobie around, but missing those first two that field goals. That first one was t- atrocious. Yes. Yeah. Well, the thing well, is, you could say wide right, and then you could say like stadium entrance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> stage right. Yeah. <laughs> stage right. But from what I know, they'll keep on hanging on to him. Whatever. We don't need to talk here. Antonio Brown, let's just close it out. Ant- Antonio Brown doing Antonio Brown. I played against him in two leagues. Insane. God damn it. 33 He's straight regular season games. Set a record for five five catches and 50 yards in 33 straight games. It's weird because it doesn't sound like a, a lot, but if you know football and you know, especially if you've been playing fantasy football, I mean, think about it. Calvin Johnson would sometimes will have three catches for 110 yards and a touchdown. Be like, awesome week. That wasn't five catches and 50 yards, yeah. though. He didn't get the. It wasn't to be able to catch five balls every single game for over two seasons straight. Is nearly it's well, it is nearly impossible. It's only been done once ever. He's um he's the best double move player probably I've ever seen. I think he does that same kind of thing that maybe Marvin Harrison used to do. That double move where he does that stop, goes, does another stop, just playing with you, and then goes and goes wherever he wants off the route tree. It is pretty ridiculous what that guy can do, how he can come in and out of his breaks and those double moves. And it's not like the double moves aren't taking a long time because it's still Ben's still ripping him the ball at five seconds. Let's, yeah. let's talk about Antonio Brown because he's not the fastest player. He might be one of the quickest. But his ability to master the whole route tree and make every route look the same yeah. with his shoulder and head movement is like no other player in this league. Yeah, right and, and if he can teach that to Martavis Bryant... With his elite athleticism, it's going to be money. Because he can just run down the field, run straight at you, look you dead in the eye, and then suddenly he's five feet in front of you to the right. And then he does the same thing the next time, and he's five feet in front of you to the left. And he's going to catch it. Oh, God. Martin Davis has a chance to become 
you know, listen, he wasn't touted as such, and he, he played a backup, like a second receiver role in college. But I'm telling you, this kid has the skills to become an elite, elite receiver in this league. It'll be it, it's strange because he's going to be playing next to Antonio Brown, so I don't know if it allows for the elite type. Of, but once his rookie contract's up, if he wants to go somewhere else and get paid the big money, he will have every right to do so, and he maybe even should do so because he has, I don't want to say Julio Jones written all over him, or but he might have an A.J. Green written all over him. I, I, I don't want to say he's A.J. Green yet, but if he gets taught the right way by Antonio Brown and... Martavis Bryant put in a lot of good work in the offseason. He has the ability, the isn't overall more, skills, to be able like, to do that. Isn't he more like a Randy Moss, Martavis? Somewhat, yeah, I guess, yeah. He's, he's got, he's a little he's, stronger. He's but. raw, it's raw athleticism yeah. right now. But if he can refine it, which is the real question, he's got, you know, they've obviously got a great wide receiver coach there in Pittsburgh. Yep. They've seemed to be able to churn these guys out for the last couple of years here. Uh, it, good things are to come. Absolutely, absolutely. Love so. it. That was so fun to watch. Good podcast. I'm glad we knocked this one out. Episode one, uh, sitting here rocking week one games. We will be back recording another podcast here on Tuesday for our week two games. Hopefully you'll be all listening and sitting with a 1-0 record across all of your leagues. One thing we want to mention, we didn't really get into it too much, but if you go to our website and check out our player rankings, you will notice that Dogs, award-winning, unbelievably accurate uh, week-to-week rankings, we're only showing through one through five now. We're trying to get you to sign up for our premium package, which is Pyro Pro. You can buy for 40 bucks a month you can do it for Oh, oh, 40 bucks a year. year. Sorry, $10. <laughs> 40 bucks a year, uh, $10 for a month, $5 uh, for the week. Um, that check, escalated quickly. Check, <laughs> check that out. People are loving it. You can ask us second opinions, but you get to see the week-to-week rankings, all of them. We do write-ups for basically every guy. We've got all these icons that show you about things to think. SOS is in there. talks about the defenses you're going up against. It is really awesome. The dashboard for your Pyro Pro, you can put in 30 of your players, and anytime Dog goes in or uh, and updates anything in a player ranking, that player will move up to the top of yours. When we add a new news feed, Val Verde's killing it there. Killing it, knocking out those uh, news feeds. We're all going to be getting into them more and more, but it's been a busy, busy week for us getting our head above water. But all these new news feeds, only available in Pyro Pro. Check that stuff out. It is worth every penny. If you know how hard we bring it for fantasy football to give you guys championships, it's all bundled and it accumulates. And a lot of the stuff we've been giving away for free for the past five, six years, now some of it, is in there in Pyro Pro, so don't miss out on it. We know you love it. Find a way. It's like stay in for one night this season. Stay, watch games, not at the bar, and at home one time this season, and you'll have earned it, and the uh, you'll have made that money back. And the and the thing is, you're going to win your league, so you're going to win that money anyways. At, at Daily Fantasy uh, Sports and all those, you can win money there. So check this stuff out. We are not messing around. So uh, we love you guys so much. Good luck. I know you guys are as excited as we are. Week 1, Episode 1, in the books. Late. Peace. Do you want to say the exit, intro and extra? I don't really care. Okay. But hold on, this thing's got to be turned on because it went out again. Okay, I didn't want to hear that. Um. And cut.
for me.